to start. <laughs> I thought I was going to start just as I was about to start talking. I was like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This guy. Okay. Did you start it, Tyler? Yeah, yeah let's start it. Okay. Welcome back uh, to another episode of uh, Wisco Fanatics, uh, Packer episode. Um, I am declaring this the Simon episode. Simon's getting all my camera time. He's going to get all his own camera time because he's on one today. I'm very excited to see how he breaks the game. He's on something. This is going to be amazing. Uh, Simon had surgery, so he gets an excuse. Um, uh, you know what's he's good for shoulder stupid, pain. But yeah, now you know what's good for shoulder pain, right? If you look in the bottle. Yeah, <laughs> someone someone got me with that. Uh, no. How do you fall I, into I, that, bro? Dude, I came into work on on it, so I got I got some meds, and I came into work. Wait, wait. And I was you drove into work on, bro? No, I got a ride. Oh, okay, good, smart. Yeah, I got. I was a ride gonna say that's work. terribly irresponsible. And uh, <laughs> and so someone asked me that, and I didn't think twice about it, and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> For anyone that hasn't seen the movie Step Brothers, that's from Step Brothers. Oh my so, gosh. One of my all time favorite movies. Oh man. It that's don't count, crazy. man. So, um, the I sad part mention... is someone in the army said that to you, son. I know. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, here we go. So, first, I wanted to mention that uh, the Wisconsin Herd started tonight. Um, so, shout out to them starting their season. Uh, two onto the Coon Bros on the court tonight. Um, should be exciting. A lot of length, a lot of dunks. Uh, the other onto the Coon Bros uh, will be playing a game against the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight in, on ESPN. Uh, undefeated Milwaukee Bucks. I know this is a Packer episode, but we're still Wisco fanatics and. The Bucks are amazing right now without three of their better players. So really Tim looking forward to that game. Down tonight. You think so? I think so. That's the game that Tyler, when we talked on Wednesday, that's the game that Tyler picked that if we lost a game, it would be the Timberwolves. I said the Hawks. They got, yeah, they got a lot of size on, you know, in the paint. So They do. Uh, well, I mean, the Bucks, the Bucks can roll a lineup of Giannis, Bobby Portis, and Brooke Lopez and, and match anybody's size. I mean, that's so, Brooks playing just, a hell of a year. I'm just trolling y'all. I am a Timberwolves man. fan, but I'm not a huge basketball fan. You, but know, you, know, you, know what I, you know what I said, Simon, about Brooke Lopez? I said, mm -hmm. dude, he had the most successful back surgery of all time. Like, yeah. dude is like eight <laughs> years awesome. younger, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever they put in his back, you know. We got uh, Wakanda Forever coming up pretty soon. They put some vibranium in there. So yeah, yeah. I don't know what's, what's going on, but holy shit, man. This guy is blocking shots at left and right. Dunking the ball. He looks crazy. Splash Mountain's back. Splash Mountain, yeah. Oh, man. He's amazing. I'm happy we have him. Can't wait to get Chris back, though. Um, So talking football, did you guys watch that game last night? Yes, some of it, most of it. Oh, yeah, I did. It actually kept it interesting until like the, and then I showed it off like at the start of the fourth. But I had a what lot of guys, fantasy players in there. But what'd yeah. you guys think? think Damien Pierce is a stud. Yeah, and I'm glad I have him monster in yeah. my keeper and dynasty leagues. <laughs> so um, I think that another uh, team. I, I think the Eagles are very good, but this goes back to what I've been talking about the NFC. There's no, I don't think there's any like, there's no Bills per se in the NFC, right? There's no one that's like that team or even I would even say the Chiefs. Like, I think this year in the NFC, it's like you make the playoffs, you have a chance to make it the Super Bowl in the NFC. 
and you know what? In a couple in a couple weeks, um, we will get a measuring stick game against the, the Eagles. So yep. I'm looking forward to that. I just hope it let's, matters. Yeah, let's hope it matters. Let's play some speculation here. What do you guys think is going to happen with Brandon Cooks? Yeah, I think they're going to release him. Okay. If you had to make a prediction, I, where would he go? Uh, I, I think yeah. someone. Lo- I honestly think someone like the Bills would try to scoop him up. Because and now, the caveat is it, it depends on when this happens, right? Now, if if Green Bay, I have a feeling this is what my hope is that we rip off the next three games in a row and get us back into the contention. Now, if we're if it happens in a couple weeks and we're back at five hundred, I think he might come play at Green Bay. Um, if it's not him, it's OBJ, someone like that. If we need them, um, it also depends on where OBJ goes. See if that domino falls. I don't know what his health is looking like, but I could see him wanting to go. Um, Somewhere like the Bills. I know the Rams have been wanting a wide receiver, but they're in just as that rough shape as us. What about like so a sneaky team like the Seahawks or something? No, nope. I don't think the team that I'm saying is if he doesn't go to the Packers, he's going to go to the Cowboys. Oh, that'd be a good, a good one, too. one too. I can see that. It's a good one too. I don't like that. I don't like that. I know at Minnesota all. <laughs> for whatever reason was trying to trade for somebody, but now that they got T.J. Hawkinson, um, they don't. I heard a rumor that Cooks wanted a – he said he wanted to play for the Vikings. I don't oh, know if that's really? true, but – I don't I, know Greg why. Like... Oh, Greg. And, Greg, you are right about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson because the Saints miss him too, I think. Uh, just, just you know, his mentality. Maybe not even just his ability, but having a guy that's just a bulldog on the field and having that that – he doesn't take shit attitude really shows an effect. I mean, the Packers are having a disgustingly good year. Yeah, he is. And I don't agree with you that the Eagles are the deepest and most complete roster. I still think the bills are the best team, like right, top to bottom. I think the bills are the best team and I think so, they're the, the best coach. Oh yeah. Getting into are. this, let's say I want to answer. I want to talk about David's question because Matt LaFleur actually did give a very valid answer to this question, I believe. Yeah, he did. Um, and for paying Alexander more than any cornerback in the league, why isn't he following the number one receiver? And I asked myself that question while the game was going on, the couple times the digs got loose. Mm-hmm. And Matt LaFleur gave a, what I feel is a very valid answer, is that they didn't want to be playing a ton of man coverage and having their backs turned to Josh Allen. And now I get That is fair. I get that you don't want to give up chunk plays to Diggs, but you know Josh Allen, he's the, he's the MVP right now. Uh, and if you have a choice of playing zone coverage against the Bills or turning your back to Josh Allen, like I'd maybe mix in some zone coverage. So that was the that was the answer that Matt Lafleur gave when he was asked why Jair wasn't on Diggs the entire game was because they didn't want to play a lot of man coverage and have their backs turned to Josh Allen. So I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I agree with his, his, cause I was looking for that too. And I agree, like, because even there's a few times that he did kill us with his legs and just imagine if he, he more times he looked up in the field and we had our backs turned because we we're playing man coverage. Now right. it's not going to be the same. Like now if we come out of this game and Amon Ra site like lights us up and jaw was on him three times and we're right. like, okay, we get it. He was lining up in the slot or something, but Jared Goff isn't going to run for, you right. know, 80 yards and well, two touchdowns. If you look at the like the three previous games, like Jair has been on the number one wide receiver. He was on Scary Terry. Um, like he's like, I don't remember if it was like three weeks ago that they really started doing more press coverage, and we noted that. So yes, it is just this one game, and I think it's going to be back to the 
to Jair shadowing when we get into this Detroit game. Um, Jake's going to talk a little bit more about Jair with our second star, but Simon has our first star, Aaron Jones. Yeah, I mean, I think this was a pretty unanimously easy one for us to choose. Like, Aaron Jones is just – he's such a fun player to watch. I say it, like, week after week. Like, every time he touches the ball, it seems like something amazing could happen. And this this game was kind of different. It was obviously he just dominated the game, right? He had 20 carries, 143 yards. But the way he dominated was kind of just crazy, too. He had 13 missed tackles for us this game. Yeah, 106 yards after contact. It's disgusting. And, and, and there was like there was like a couple plays I remember where he, it looked like he was just going to get tackled at the line of scrimmage, and somehow he just like slipped out for an extra couple of yards. Or um, well, they pinned us deep one drive, and we were on like the three yard line or something, and it looked like I think he what he did he catch out of the backfield or he. Did like a zone I, I can't remember, but he was like he was like a yard or two behind the line of scrimmage. It looked like he was gonna get tackled at the one and somehow slipped out to like the four or five yard line. It was just like it was crazy that he was able to get out of some of the stuff he missed. Um he wasn't super effective in the passing game. Oh, sorry. Go ahead and finish. Uh, I was going to say, he, he wasn't super effective in the passing game, but he still had three receptions for 14 yards. Uh, so just uh, just a dominating performance from him. He was just so good. Greg's got some matchups for the Lions gig. Greg, we're going to finish the recap. Once we get into the preview, we will have matchups as well. But Okuda versus Dobbs and Penny Sewell versus Rashawn Gary are two very good ones. Yeah, um, Sewell versus Gary is very good. That was That's good. Yeah, that is definitely a good one. Bunch of young guys that are making their names. Um, Jake has our second star, who is Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander, man, he might have been the most fun player to watch in this game. Uh, from starting at pregame, John with with Diggs, um, he forced a penalty on Gabe Davis, uh, got in Gabe Davis's head, um, and he kind of just just let them talk. Um, I think it, I thought it was funny when I don't know if you guys saw, but. Uh, Dig said that he ended it. He said, I don't care what he said. I ended it. I got the win. And then Jair was like, I don't know what he's talking about, man. I don't know what he's talking about. He just kept denying it. In his interviews, we talked about it a million times. Yeah. We're the best. Um, he had a great game, uh, honestly, for everything that went, went around him. Um, he only had one tackle, but four passes defense, interception, obviously, and zero yards. He gave up zero fucking yards. I mean, that is – Is that good? That's that's what okay. I would consider a lockdown. I don't know. And I want to answer David's question a little bit here, um, a little bit differently. Yes, maybe he should have been on Diggs the whole game. Um, but the first touchdown, like we all alluded to, um, Allen actually forced that touchdown with his legs. Everything about that first touchdown the, board, the Bills scored was because of his legs. And they have another pretty good receiver in Gabe Davis. So you kind of don't want either guy to go crazy and popping off and, and – don't sleep on Isaiah McKenzie either. He's actually a good player. He's a yeah, nice he player for them to be fast. their wide receiver three. Yeah, he's I think a stat somewhere that when targeting, uh, hopefully I'm not stealing anyone's stat or whatever, but when targeting everyone else other than Diggs, Allen had like a 38-point-something pass rating when he was targeting Diggs, it was like a perfect pass rating. 
So that's where I kind of agree with Jake, where I feel like, yeah, we don't want our backs turned, but I wish Diggs would have, I mean, Jair would have been on Diggs the whole time. Cause I feel like he can beat us quicker with his arm than he can his legs. If we actually just spy him or something like that, I feel like that'd have been something easier to fix. Okay. But here, do you, how, like, this is me playing the devil's advocate here. Do you trust a Douglas and Stokes in zone coverage more than you trust Josh Allen? one-on-one with a linebacker and nobody else before you get to the first down marker? No, I don't know. It's tough. But... Situational. Situational football. Which pick your poison you go with. Yeah, I just feel like... Because Josh Allen has beaten our linebackers to the edge several times. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like, like I said, I feel like he... There's that huge gainer to digs too, the big touchdown. I feel like we would rather had him run that, which he did, but it would you know wouldn't have been as quick and fast kill, right? So, but that's fair. You're right. There's no great way. Look, the Bills. I think we're all in agreement. The Bills are the best team in the NFL right now. I don't care that the Eagles you know, are seven zero. The Bills are the best team in the NFL, in my opinion. So if you, if you stop one thing, they're going to do something else. They're yeah. an amazing team. Yeah, that's what makes them so good is you can't play one or the other the whole game. It's not going to work. David said playing man, you can spy Allen. My matchup that I was watching was using Quay Quay Walker as a spy on Josh Allen. Weird. Speaking of Quay, he was actually having a really good game before he got ejected. I I don't know if someone was going to talk about that. Yeah, I I don't know if someone was going to talk about that or not, but uh, he, he was having a, a pretty good game before he got ejected. I didn't really want to talk about it because it was so controversial. Oh, man, we have okay. to. This goes back to what uh, I was talking about like last week or the week before is how undisciplined this team seems sometimes. And this is the type – oh, it was versus the commanders. Where we had these dumbass penalties that cost us yards that are completely unnecessary. And it doesn't seem like he's going to get suspended. Um, at least that's what I read. Is they're probably just going to find him. But like, man, you got to keep a level head. Um, I don't know exactly what the exchange was, but it didn't yeah. seem like that was like a necessary, um, you know, reaction to whatever that dude said. Yeah, right, maybe he just I'll... didn't want to touch him. I and mean, everyone's saying that he pushed the coach. It wasn't a coach; it was a practice squad player. Okay. <laughs> Not yeah, doesn't so make it any better, that. but yeah, exactly. Uh, he ain't even good to be standing on the side, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> but he shouldn't have pushed him. But like Simon said, you don't know what was said while he was on the ground. You don't know what was going on, and the guy kind of grabbed his arm to pick him up, and maybe Quay thought he was, you know, he was pulling on him or something he shouldn't have been doing. So, yeah. but he definitely should not have pushed him. But it, it is what it is. All right, so I have the third star, which is the aforementioned Romeo Dobbs. He had four receptions for 62 yards and a touchdown against a good defense. And I think the thing that stood out to me most about Dobbs in this game was his hands. Everything he caught was with his hands. Um, He kind of got turned around on his touchdown catch, but he made the catch. He adjusted, made the catch with his hands. Um, You guys paid attention to the rookie wide receiver standings at all? I know, I know what you're about to throw out there. I'm about to throw three things out there. Okay, I think okay. I saw one of them. Romeo Dobbs is currently fifth in yards for rookie wide receivers. 
He's currently third in receptions, trailing only Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. And he's second in touchdowns to only Jahan Dotson. That's pretty good. Pretty good he for hasn't a been bad, pick. I'll say that. Pretty yeah, pretty good for a fourth round pick. Um, I'm really interested. Bryant has the underrated performer this week. I'm interested to see who he went with. So I think you guys might disagree with me or say, well, he wasn't really underrated. I know some of you want to Preston Smith, but he had three tackles. I just didn't feel like his impact was like huge. And you can argue that with me afterwards. Um, I really thought about Josiah DeGuara because his blocking was insane this game. And I'm I'm gonna talk about that a little more when I talk about the tight ends. But my underrated performer at, for this game and really for the last few weeks is Aaron Rodgers, to be honest, because we don't talk enough about everyone craps on him, right? Look at what the this dude has to sit in front of cameras. He's the only one that has a 20 minute interview every week in front of the press conference. Plus, he you know he goes on the Pat McAfee, and he, he that's his decision, but he goes on there and talks about stuff. And everyone was I've seen a bunch of people like poo pooing the fact that he was smiling on the sidelines with Dylan and Jones, and we joked about it in our message that someone's going to say something. God forbid the dude is having fun. Like to me, that actually like sense of calm, like because I feel like they found something in this game. Um, I thought he played his best game. And this for for being against the Bills, we were really like three plays away from really being in that game and being close to taking it, right? You had the unfortunate pass, uh, tipped pass interception where Amari Rogers was, I think it was Amari Rogers was wide open. That's a good play by the D line, just unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mm-hmm. you had the I know someone's gonna talk about the touchdown that was taken away from Tunyon. Yep. And Jake's then lo- like one. one other play maybe that we make and it's game like we're right there. Um are you know, instead of having to kick that field goal, we're going for the win or tie in that situation. If it, either of those two plays go a different way. Right. Cause when uh, Aaron Rodgers threw that interception, if, if he completes that pass to Amari Rodgers instead, we're already in scoring range. But for this game, Aaron had 203 yards, two touchdowns and the one interception. But what I really liked was um, for one, he stuck with the run game. Even when we were down, like we all talk about how he checks out of that stuff. He stuck with that. Even if he was like, after, he after the game, it a like, couple of times, actually. Yeah, exactly. And even after the game, he was like, well, we're, in this league, we're going to have to be able to throw it downfield. And everyone was like, see, he just wants to chuck it downfield still. No, I think he means that it needs to complement us. If we're running the ball that well, we need to be able to throw the ball down the field. And the because of the play our action, play action run the ball yeah, a bunch of times and then pretend like you're going to run the ball and throw it. Exactly. And he's talked about his thumb injury and how being under center hurts it. This was the most I've seen them under center all year. And then uh, a couple couple other things, too, is like on the flea flicker, I don't know if it was he wanted to lead um, Romeo Dodds inside. And actually, I'll say that for when I talk about the play. But I, I, I feel like he took more chances, too. Like um, he got outside the pocket and he ran once. The 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 pass to Toure, he really was patient, got outside. And I love the fact that Toure adjusted to him. That throw to Romeo Dobbs, throwing it down the field, the one to Amari Rodgers. Uh, there was another one he just darted into um, Tunyon that got deflected in the air. It wasn't intercepted or anything, but I felt like he was just taking more chances, and I feel like he was playing a little more loose, to be honest. So I, I put him as my under, the underrated performer just because of really like on the off on and off the field stuff he's dealt, dealt with during this losing streak. And I feel like if he crumbles, the whole team and we know that if he crumbles, the whole team crumbles. And I felt like he's doing doing as good of job as he can to hold this team up and and speak with a sense of urgency, but not like act like the world is falling, like all of us fans want to do. So I don't know. I want to respond to Michael Larson first. He said, imagine being three and five. Well, Michael, imagine your IQ being between three and five. The fuck out of you with that bullshit. (laughs) So one thing 
Oh yeah. Oh sorry. My I want I want to respond. I was I agree with you. And we I've talked about Rogers a couple of times and you know, when I'm not on camera, I say say more controversial things. Thank you, David. I thought that was a pretty good one. I had that one cooking, waiting for Brian to finish. Um, <laughs> you know, it's crazy that after every misplay, he's he's scrutinized. You know, and we and you brought up how he's laughing on the bench. And the reason that I wanted us to make a move, and I know Brian's going to talk about this, is the two minute offense is just such a struggle with these young guys. And now you got a you got a rookie that's coming off the practice squad who's got even less of an idea of shit that's going on, you know. And you're trying to run a two minute offense, and you could see Rogers like explaining it with all the hand signs, like you got to do this, and then you got to do this, and you have to do this route. And it's like yeah. he's got to like map out all these plays and get down the field in a, in a fast amount of time. I think the potential for this offense is going up, you know, week by week, you know, as oh, yeah. it should be. Oh, yeah. But um, I still think that oh. it's going to be a little bit rough. I think I think this week will be a little bit easier because the Lions fucking suck on defense. Let's just call You're an idiot, it. Michael. Right. Like, seriously, go ahead and go away. Jake the racist is talking. Yeah, I'm racist. Yep. Not oh, How boy. NFC? Yeah, okay. I'm not going to respond to him anymore. I already burned you, so you can enjoy that. Um, but I just wanted I just wanted to say that I agree. Rogers being underrated performer, definitely hundred percent. So just one thing I wanted to cap off on what he talked about a little bit too is I think this is the most or at least the best game of the year as far as Rogers in the pocket and moving oh, around and stuff. He like the way he moved around the pocket and manipulated it, it was this was probably the best game of the year that he's had doing that. Um sure. And that that throw to Toure, like seeing him move back and forth, and Toure adjusting to where he was on the field, and uh, I mean that was that was probably my favorite play of the year, to be honest. Because you see these young wide receivers, once the play breaks down, that you see them starting to get a feel for where they can go to help Rogers out, and that's what uh, that's why I loved. So I, I actually kind of agree with Brian on this one, but. Um, he earned himself a bunch of playing time by doing that, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Rogers so, okay. is going to talk about the wide receivers. We're going to get into some of their, some of their specific that. plays, um, but we're going to talk about the wide receivers. And Robert's getting ahead of me a little bit with bringing up Amari Rogers because I'm going to talk, talk about him about too. Real quick. Um, I want to ask you guys this. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Sadly. Real, real quick. Sorry, my like gave me an error. It's like, sorry, there's you're an error, but it's good. not your fault. And then I kicked me. I'm like, okay, great. Um, <laughs> what do we get? Who do you guys have not active this week, right? If Lazard plays, so do you not have Samori Toure active after that game? I don't feel like we can. There's no way Dubs and Christian Amari? Watson are inactive. I know who you're going to say, but my my question is, and then, but Amari played well, or he's showing something. I feel like it should be Sammy Watkins, but I don't think. No, they're not gonna fucking do. We that. have the balls to do it. Like I don't think we will, right? And that's my problem. Is like I don't think I think Watkins. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we need to, yeah, cut him, but or just whatever. But especially when Cobb comes back, I'm sorry, but Watkins was a non-factor again this game. He made one catch for that first third down. Yeah. yeah, on that first third down, that was it, and then catch there was nothing yards. worse. Of, and there was nothing the rest of the game. Like we can't. We're seeing these other, you know, wide receivers make play and get open. Toure had that one that was a low throw that kind of went through his hands and hit the ground. A little bit of better throw or better, you know, hands catch by him. He makes that play and getting open, making that adjustment to Rodgers 
And after what Rogers said this week, like I told him he's going to need to be on the field. Like it's going to be interesting to see if now we're forced to have six wide receivers active this game, assuming Lazard and Christian Watson play, or if they actually don't have Amari and or Watkins active. Because I don't think there's any way they deactivate Toure for this game. I would be shocked. No. So I want to answer. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think I'd actually literally. be shocked. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, Robert asked about Jawan Winfrey. Um, he's been activated. Um, I think it was three times now. And if he's activated again, he has to be signed to the active roster. Yep. Um, and he, when he's had his opportunities, he just hasn't really performed. Uh, he's been passed on the depth chart by um, Romeo Dobbs, obviously. <laughs> Uh, Christian Watson, obviously, he's been passed, um, in my opinion, by Amari Rogers. He's been passed by Samari Toure at this point, honestly. Think about that. Um, so, I mean, Jawan Winfrey is essentially what, the eighth best wide receiver on the roster. Um, and if they bring him up again, he has to be signed to the active roster. So um, I think Jawan Winfrey is pretty much done playing with the Packers unless there's a, a huge you- bunch of injuries. Who did we yeah, cut to sign Patrick Taylor back to the practice squad? Because I can, I, I, in my opinion, like if we sign another player to the practice squad, Jawan Winfrey's the first to go. Like he's had so many opportunities to show something. He's a he's a practice star. He's had multiple he years down. of it too. Yeah, like just it's time to move on. I agree. I agree. Um, did no because that was injured reserve. I was wondering if activating Kylan Hill was opening a spot or not. I'm not sure. They might have just had an open spot. Well, what's the yeah, with all the people going on yeah. people going on IR and stuff like that. Well, they cut Patrick yeah. Taylor from the active roster yeah. to activate Kylan Hill. But I mean, really, they released someone else, though. Oh, Kobe they released Jones. Kobe Jones. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was and activated one by one. Patrick Taylor. Uh, they and Kobe Jones and him. Was it Ennis Gaines? Right. It was Pat, no, it was it was Pat no Ennis Gaines joined the practice squad. So um we cut Kobe we Jones, cut Kobe and, Jones Patrick and somebody Taylor. else. Patrick Taylor. And Patrick Taylor. Oh Patrick Taylor was the one they cut. Yeah, and then yeah. they re added him to the practice squad. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's get into the offense. Um I'm gonna go to Jake first to talk about the Romeo Dobbs touchdown and the Robert Tunyon negated touchdown. Back to back, baby. Let's go. All right. So let's start with this dubs touchdown. The way I want to break these down is because everybody was, uh, you know, Packers fans have been really critical of play calling offensively, defensively. We've been really critical of the play calling and our coaching staff. So I wanted to break them down a little bit. So when you first look at the formation, if you're you're pausing the game and you're looking at it in a standstill, you have Watkins on the top of the formation or to the left side of Aaron Rodgers, right? Dubs is up there as well. Tight to the line on the right side, you have Tanyan close to the line next to Nyman, and you have A.J. Dillon in the backfield on the right side. That that right there tells me that Rodgers knows that the protection on the right side is weaker. So he's giving himself a little bit more time on the right side in case a blitz comes that way. On the bottom of the screen is Josiah DeGuara. That might be the most surprising part of that play is he is split out wide by himself in tight man coverage. To start this play, Rodgers sends Dubs in motion from the left to the right or the top of the bottom as you're watching on TV. And the routes on this play, Watkins is on the top. He runs an in route. 
Uh, one in my notes here. I have Tanyan takes a deep post. So he takes the safety on a deep post. The Guara runs a drag from the bottom of the screen. So now if you're, if you're watching this, you have two receivers going like this. You have a tight end taking that safety off, right? And then underneath all of that, you have Dubs coming in motion, and he runs a flag route. So he's getting a one-on-one. Now, everybody watches the play, and they're like, oh, my God, was that a terrible throw by Rodgers? No. Rodgers threw that in the exact right spot because he has the corner trailing him on that play. So he's throwing it to the open spot. In my opinion, that's just Dubs having to learn on the fly. Dubs is like, okay, if this guy's here, Rodgers is throwing it here. But to his credit, amazing body control, awesome catch. The whole play was phenomenal, I thought. I thought the route combination, I thought the throw, the catch, all of it combined was amazing. The blocking was good on that play. But to me, that was that was a that was a great touchdown. Um, it wasn't my favorite play, but that Samari Toure, now that you thought about it, you made me start thinking about that, Simon. That might be my favorite play too. Um, I don't know. The Aaron Jones touchdown was awesome. But I yeah, like I know. It's, it's close. It's close, man. So now I want to talk about the Tanya touchdown. Should have been. First, I want to start off by saying that call was fucking bullshit. Like, I'm just going to be straight up about it, man. That was bullshit. How the hell is a guy, and I understand it's within five yards, they're literally both assaulting each other, okay? <laughs> they both have their hands by their heads, and Tanya's just stronger than the guy that was trying to jam him. That's all that was in my, in my eyes is he was able to get off of it. Now, when I break down the play, they had all the players to the left of the of the, of the the quarterback, right? They have Tanya close to the line, much like the Dubs touchdown, and they just gave him that whole right side of that field by himself. So that play call, again, you know, just like the Dubs touchdown, was a great play. Now, like I said, we've been really, really critical of the play calling, you know, with our coaches and stuff, but the last – these two plays right here – Show me that he's learning on the fly. And I just wanted to – I really wanted to talk about this because of how bullshit that is and how much that changed the game. Think of think of the momentum that Green Bay gets with that touchdown. What I mean, kills we'll, me with that one – what kills me with that one is a week prior to the mm-hmm. game I'm at, the offensive player runs into our defensive player and we get yep. the penalty on a defensive mm-hmm. contact. But now when we do it and the guy is clearly holding it and it's not offsetting penalties, they throw it on the offensive side of the ball. It's just no consistency. Like it was clearly the guy was holding him and then he breaks away from it and the guy falls. Oh, flag. See, that's, I, was that's that the one. Was that the one where it came in super, super late or that might have been a different. Play? No, that was a different one. That was a different one. But I know what yeah. you're talking about. And that's why I said it was just a it was just a case of Tanya being stronger than the other guy. Because, again, they're both they're both fighting with each other. I'm not disagreeing that Tanyan was, you know, absolutely did a, a rip move. But for him to have to do a move like that should that show – was essentially him. shutting a block with how close they were to the line of scrimmage. Exactly. Should show that. the ref that, like, hey, he has me on the outside of the shoulder is what it looked like to me up by the head area yeah. right here. And he had to fully, like, take his arm and get him off him. So, to me, that's just a no call. You just allow the players to play. Man, me and yep. Tyler cry about this all the fucking time. I don't want to say cry, but it's just like – let them decide the fucking game. They're yep. the ones that people complain about getting paid too much money. And then you and your stupid-ass striped shirt's going to come in and ruin it. I mean, they took they took away excitement from a fucking great game that was going to become. People are going to be talking about yeah. Aaron Rodgers still has it, Josh Allen on the brinks, feeling the pressure. You know, like, I don't know. I just think that that whole flag, 
And again, we don't want to complain about flags, but that call changed the whole game. We that's two weeks we in two row that way we lose a touchdown on the players. Ticky tacky call. Yeah. All right. So Bryant is going to talk about the Samari Toure touchdown and the lone flea flicker. Okay. I did want to make one comment, uh, Jake. The favorite, my favorite part of the dubs touchdown is that was very similar to the one where he's kind of falling to the ground in the end zone, and this time he made sure he turned and he held on to that ball versus um against the Patriots. Thing is, if you guys watched that game last night, I don't know how that is a touchdown, but Dubs isn't, but whatever. Anyways, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I guess know. he should have went out of bounds instead. Anyways, so yeah, for, the two-ray touchdown, for the two-ray touchdown, this is our second. Uh, the Dubs touchdown was 20-plus yards, right? So this one, uh, mm-hmm. the two-ray one, was actually 37 yards, which is our longest touchdown of the year. I'm sad to say we going into week nine, but it's great to see because we're starting to make things. But my favorite part was, I remember last week I, I noticed when he got on the field, like you could see his speed. And for for him to get out there, and my favorite part is I know Chris Collinsworth compared him. He's like, that's something Devontae would do. He's like, yeah, he did. He's like, that's what Devontae would do. This, this oh, dude man. isn't Devontae, but this tells you. And a lot came out this week about Aaron Rodgers talking about did you guys hear his nickname for uh Toure in in camp? No. He called him uh oh. Captain he called him Captain, him Captain Casual. Casual. He said because he wanted to give him that nickname because he he was he was very uh, casual when he came to practice practicing, and he said it. He was, gave it as a nickname to try to like kind of get him going. He said he's seen his practice habits completely change, and this tells me that we always hear Aaron Rodgers harp about this. Like, hey, not everything's going to happen in rhythm, and you need to adjust. This shows like he talks. Aaron Rodgers breaks on the play, and he talks about when he moved to his left. I believe that's when Torre broke off his route and came back, and then. And you know the rest is fate, right? He's seen them. He worked with his quarterback through that touchdown. Like we haven't seen. Like I'm not comparing Devonte, but the last time I've really seen that happen is with Randall Cobb and Devonte Adams, our players that he would do that with all the time. That they would just kind of move in in sync almost together. You know what I mean? So he needs to be on the field more. So I get it. He's a rookie. He's not, he might come. He, that touchdown that he had up the sideline against the Commanders. That was one of those like. No, he did the motion to go. So yeah, I, yeah. I would throw Aaron Jones so, in there too. But yes, yeah, I agree. With so, you. but for out of the wide receivers, like to see a rookie yeah. do it, it's awesome because that's the type of things that Aaron wants, Christian Watson and uh, Dubs to be doing Dubs. as well. Yeah, Dubs. Um, so I, I don't know how they're gonna do it, but I feel like two right and he might very well have one catch for eight yards this next game. But I feel like he just needs to be on the field more. Now for the flea flicker, I called this one. This is one of my bold predictions that the Packers. Do Does that mean I take a pie? I think that means I take a pie. No, I no, definitely, no, not yet. Not I yet. definitely said no. Yeah, he said no. He did say <laughs> no. I'll deliver your cream pie next time I see you. And, oh, oh, God. God. Anyways, so, <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Banana cream pie. That's his favorite. Um, I do like banana I'm cream I'm sure pie. it is his favorite. No, I bet it is. <laughs> oh, man. No. Never mind. Just keep going. <laughs> No, we're getting canceled. Um, but, oh my anyways, god! So on the flea flicker, you could see Aaron Rodgers a little upset because I really feel like he wanted both defenders were like stacked on top of Dubs. If he breaks that inside and gives Aaron Rodgers a chance to throw it more to the middle of the field, they complete that. It actually still hit Dubs in the hand. Now my question is now that was the second series that happened on. I wonder if that play was written up for uh, Christian Watson and they still ran it, even though Christian Watson left the game. So, so we'll see. We're, we're going to get to Watson because Simon's going to talk about him, but continue. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's just my question is I wonder if that, you know, I love to see that they, I love the fact that they tried it. Okay. I absolutely love the fact that they tried it because I feel like we needed it. I want to see more stuff like that. Um, and I, I'm hoping we'll see another one later on in the year to Christian Watson to see what happens and see if that speed can get going. Maybe later in the game after we've been just absolutely crushing and running it down their throats too instead of the second drive. But um, it was just nice to see. But that that was it. Like I, I like as soon as they did it, I was like, oh, I said it. I, I called that. <laughs> I was hoping to God like it got completed. But it was a great throw. It literally hit Dobbs in the hand. But uh, he was a tight coverage, so that that would have been a really tough catch. But it still would have been sick though. Yeah. David's right. laughing at us. Um, Robert, I want to address your comment because we are all for the positive vibes. Um, Robert said positive vibes. Christian Watson best game and first receiving touchdown coming Sunday. Um, we would love for that to happen. We're going to talk a little bit more about Watson that in a second here. Stick around two for plays I want to talk Robert. about. Um, neither of them are touchdowns, but they're both <laughs> important to me for different reasons. One is the Aaron Jones big run out of halftime. Um, so a penalty on each team started this drive for first and five from the 13-yard line. Aaron Jones busts out for a 32-yard gain. Now, this was a draw play. And what started this play was A.J. Dillon actually running out into the flat. They're doing a lot of that this year with when they do the dual running backs is one of them goes and runs out to the flat. That motion on its own froze the linebackers, which allowed the draw play to work for a big gain because they weren't allowed to flow in the same direction that the offensive line was going. And that opened up a huge hole for Aaron Jones to burst through. So I wanted to bring that up. And then John Runyon, and Zach Tom were the ones that opened the hole. And then Yash Nyman got into the second level, um, which was just great execution of the play. Um, Yash Nyman had a guy blocked up to the sticks. So he's up five yards upfield. And Aaron Jones is at the first down marker before anybody's even thinking about touching it. Um, Samuel Parker said, the Vikings are not that good and worry no one. Y'all can agree to that. I mean, we've we've I, been I pretty adamant that. they have a – pretty cupcake schedule but i mean you know they can only play who's on their schedule we've said this with six the and one is six and one man yeah i mean i'm not gonna sit here and diminish i mean they're still they're still winning right they're yeah. good but i wouldn't pick them to be in the super bowl or anything it just kind um, of like it like it just like goes back to what I said about the legacy um I, agree, I mean We'll see how the rest of the year goes. We're only halfway through the season, and actually not even quite halfway. Once we get halfway through the Detroit game, that's only the halfway mark of the season, um, which is crazy that there's – I saw that uh, the Super Bowl is 100 days away. That's still over three months away. I was thinking about this earlier, just real quick, just to go off on a question for you guys. I feel like the trade deadline is too early in the season. I feel like it should be a pushback a couple weeks because this is, we're still yeah, – everyone's still kind of like clumped together. Yeah, especially with like the 17th game now, I think like we yeah. can. Yeah, I'd agree to that. I feel like that's kind of the point, though, right? Is like you want to make sure they do it before teams that are, you know, I mean, obviously teams have. Well, you want it, you want teams to be emerging because, like the Seahawks, for example. Like, does anybody think that what they're doing is sustainable? So, I mean, no, I, I never thought Gino would do what he's doing, though. So I'll just say that. Well, like <laughs> sustainable for the season, or like. Yeah, mean? for the whole season, because you know, you the, like, if you give two more weeks, that gives teams two more weeks to figure out if they're going to try to contend or to not contend. The Giants would be another example. That's what I'm saying. Um, it's like it's the same as setting your 
you know, um, your trade deadline and like fantasy or whatever, right? Is like you want to have people make those decisions before they know their teams are either in or out. That's fair. I don't. I'm just gonna say this. I don't like comparing fantasy football to the actual. I, I don't either. I I, um, I I was using it as an example, not yeah. Just not, just uh, because like like dynasty, you could a little bit more, but like a regular fantasy football league, it doesn't really apply because you're not stockpiling picks for next year if you're gonna tank or um, try to make the playoffs. So I would say, yeah, like maybe week ten, you know, because that's still seven weeks left in the season. So, but you know that's still 10 weeks into the season and then you can decide if you're going to try to contend or not. Um, David, I, I will actually put a pin in that. Um, I think that's a good question to, um, to uh, ask next week. So I will write that down and we will answer that question next week. What the, yeah, what we think the record is going to be for the rest of the season. Um, the other play that I wanted to talk about was Amari Rogers catch on the last drive. Um, Amari made that catch on the sideline. Um, Great job using his hands to catch the ball. That was a great ball placement by Aaron Rodgers, too. It was like a field goal on the cornerback's arms, which was Kair uh, Elam, actually, who's a rookie who's been playing very well. Um, he's got three passes defensed and two interceptions, so he's actually having a very good start to his season um, yeah. for a rookie. Um, Amari Rodgers ran right by him, right up the sideline. Rodgers hit him right in the hands. Um, Amari Rodgers stayed focused and reeled it in, even with a guy in his face. So I wanted to bring that up. Um, because I'm going to talk about um, the wide receiver room uh, and playing time when we get into the preview. So the last play that we're going to focus on on offense is Christian Watson's catch, and Simon wanted to talk about that. Well, I, I kind of had two things, and they kind of I kind of picked this for <clears throat> a reason. So even though it's not necessarily like a play, um, David Bakhtiari looked phenomenal this game again. Zero so, pressures. Yeah. Zero pressures allowed, and he had an 82.5 per PFF, uh, 82.5 pass block grade, and an 87.8 run block grade. I know the season's a little weird. Um, there are probably going to be some games where they don't like Bakhtiari's knee and they might sit him for the game, but when he plays, he's well worth the money that we gave him. And I know it's tough because – it just like like we said before, like it it sucks the way that his injury went down. Signed a huge contract and pretty much immediately tears his ACL. But like, yeah, same. Like I I, lo- I love the matchup. I like Hutch coming out of the draft. He's a he he could develop into a, a dis- disgustingly good player. Um, his motor is sick. Yeah, his motor is just gross. He could but, be a great player. But, like, this is just – and this kind of, you know, goes into my Watson catch. One catch for 12 yards um, kind of just took a slant over the middle and immediately gets concussed. But the thing that got me the most is, like, I saw some disgusting comments from Packer fans, and it just – it sucks seeing stuff like that, you know. And I, I was like Aaron Nagler's like carry the G thing, like as a fan, like why can't we just be respectful towards these players? Like, there's no, that's not that's not like a, he's an injury prone, prone player. Like, this is football; stuff happens. He took a shot to the head, and I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Stuff happens. Like, why are we crapping on this player? And he, his like, injury history isn't, of, isn't he's even made bad of either. Comments, stuff like that. It's it's terrible. 
I, I, and, I agree with you. I'm really glad you brought that up, actually, because it was bad. Yeah, um, and so on the Wistful Fanatics page, and people like he's made a did glass. Did you see the tweet from him? I think I shared boss, like, his mom. Like, yeah, the tweet from his mom. Like, it's just sad to see that. that. And I tweeted, I, I... I think he went out. Okay. Uh, the fact that there's fans that are like basically acting like they don't want a guy who's on their team to succeed. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't wrap my head around that. And, and I'm, like I said, Simon, I'm really glad you brought that up because we, um, Jake and I have said tons of times talking about other teams that, you know, the athletes are people. Yeah. Yep. And what I saw too was people saying that Aaron Rodgers threw his head back because he's like, oh, great. He's injured again. It's like, no. Aaron Rodgers threw his head back because he wants Christian Watson to be on the field, not only for what he brings to the team, but also for Christian Watson. Rodgers wants Watson to be able to get his career going as a player, as a person, not even just as what he brings to the team as a top threat or end-around threat or whatever. Like Rodgers wants Christian Watson, the person, to have his opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think for me, um, I'm not going to talk a lot about this because it really pissed me off. But the thing that kind of made it real for me was when I did see his mom's comments. Um, yeah, and she yeah. talked about how, you know, it's it's terrible to see. And uh, as a parent, I tell you what, <laughs> I'd have a hard time holding back from some of these people. They talked about my kid like that, man. I mean, this kid has worked his, his ass off. I mean, to be to be very blunt about it, he worked his ass off to get where he is. It is a blessing to be in the NFL. It is a blessing to get picked at 34th overall by the Green Bay fucking Packers. The Green Bay Packers, one of the blue blood teams of this, this league. And to play with Aaron Rodgers. And, Greg, I don't give a shit what you say. He's one of the top ten quarterbacks. He's top five in my mind. But one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. And – we're supposedly one of the greatest fan bases and in one of the greatest stadiums. And in a moment like this is how you guys respond. I'm disappointed. I'm also yeah. really mad. I'm really fucking pissed. Yeah. But we need I'm to be better. I'm disappointed, you know. As a yeah, fan be base, better. we need to be better. Be better. You know, and this doesn't just stop at the Packers, okay? Tyler and I's mission goes for all of our teams. And it doesn't just, just happen in sports. In regular life, you can be a better person. That's where I'm going to end that. <laughs> uh, Brian, did you want to add on before I kind yeah, of finish well, off? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just having really bad internet issues. But um, yeah, to see his mom say, I'm glad he my son's okay and his neck's not broken. Like, can you imagine? Like, she's not – she doesn't care about what – you know, she cares about the team or her ultimate – her only thing she cares about is her son. And then for her immediately to see – negative comments are Aaron Rodgers for one, they went to Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and you see them both like kind of drop their heads. It's not because they're mad that he's hurt. It's mad for one. They obviously had a lot written up for him and they talked about it all week. Like that changed their offense. Aaron Rodgers has talked about what this kid can bring to the offense. He wants him on the field and everyone's like, Oh, he pulled a hamstring. I've seen people that say that he has, he's has his hamstring injury. So now he'll have that his entire career and it'll only get worse acting like there's never been anyone with a hamstring injury that's healed. I see another person say, well, they can just pick up. Well, he shouldn't have lowered his head on that play and he wouldn't have got concussed. Guess what? There's people that get a helmet under the chin and they get concussed. Like it's a bang play. Like 
I, I can't recall if he got tripped up, and that's why his head went down. Either way, like he was get kind out of going down. It's natural instinct yeah. to protect yourself. Like, yeah, like <laughs> I'm just, I really, I'm really encouraged. I think he's going to play this week because otherwise, I don't think they, they would ever have had him out there. Yeah, he had on. I, he practiced limited yeah. yesterday already. Was encouraging yeah. enough. For and him. they said he was in really high spirits, like after the game, matter and it was kind of scary because I think on the replay you could see like where his head was bent, like, and you could see his eyes rolled, like he was knocked, like he was out. Um, I could it could have been a bad angle, but just for for fans to immediately go and say a bunch of stupid things and comments, like get like you're sad, you're a sad individual. The first thing you do is want to complain about him getting hurt instead of oh my gosh, I hope he's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and and, and this, if he goes off this weekend, don't cheer for him because you're a piece of crap and you don't deserve to cheer for him. If you if you were one of the ones tweeting about oh he's a piece of gla- or glass and we should cut him, don't don't celebrate if he gets a touchdown this weekend. Okay. We need to be better as a fan base. We need to be better. That's the bottom line. So just to to kind of wrap this up, and um, I kind of lost track of where I was going to go with this now, but. Um, just as like a challenge to yourself. And I, I don't care if you're watching as a Packer fan or if you're another fan, Lions, whatever, like we can all kind of just be better fans and realizing that these yeah. players have personal lives too. Right. And Jake and I um, say that all the time. Yeah. We, we said it when the, uh, the Bucks and the Celtics were playing in, in the Eastern conference second round last year, Marcus yeah. smart got hurt and his arm is dangling and it's, it's yeah, we're playing basketball. The, a guy on the rival team gets hurt. We don't want to see people hurt. These athletes are people. I don't care how much you hate the Bears. I don't want Justin Fields to get a concussion. I don't want. I don't want Kirk Cousins to break his arm or or to break his collarbone. Like I don't want those things to happen. I want them to have their worst games possible, and I hope they fumble every time they touch the ball and throw 10 million interceptions <laughs> right, and right. nine touchdowns every game. But I don't want anybody to get hurt. That's yeah. the bottom line. I don't care how much you hate anybody other's, anybody else's team. I don't care. I hate the fucking Dodgers, but I don't hope that anybody on that team gets hurt. Yeah. If you Just cheer like- for an injury – you will instantly be blocked from our show. I will guarantee yeah. you that. Jake and I have and a like, zero tolerance, and I guarantee you that Simon and Bryant agree with this, that there is a zero tolerance for cheering for players to get injured or for bragging if your team injures yeah. somebody else's yeah. player. Like 2017 zero. when the, you had the Anthony Barr painting of breaking Aaron Rodgers' collarbone. Like, if mm-hmm. you know your team is sad that you have to sell – and I have a couple of close friends that were celebrating – well, at least one that's celebrating him getting injured. I'm like, bro, like – just beat us like just beat us okay we i don't care like i think justin Fields is trash but i hope he stays healthy and he earns his money his whole career i don't want to see him get hurt i don't want to see anyone get hurt that's like that changes their life right that yep. like that head injury um i haven't got a chance to listen to it yet and i don't know if any of you have listened sam to it, shields but uh, sam shields yeah. um podcast i need to watch it but i've heard it yeah, it's gonna... totally honest and like it's hard. people have said don't watch it because it's literally hard to watch and if you don't remember sam shields he he was a great cornerback for us on drafted free agent i think yeah out of uh, miami yeah. converted from yeah. wide receiver yeah and won a super bowl with us if i'm not mistaken <laughs> and his, 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 i know uh, some things sometimes his career essentially ended because of bad concussion yeah. so like for you guys to go and sell like talk about crap about him for getting a concussion just think like all it takes is one tbi traumatic brain injury to really change a person's life you don't know Fucking how that's going to affect Nick him Collins, man. Yeah. exactly you don't know how that's going to affect him Adam, Magic, all of them are yeah. suffering right now reggie so white just, 
Yeah. Karen Hernandez. Exactly. For so for you to like talk be upset that he got a concussion, like come on now. Okay. So to turn this kind of back to football and what I was thinking about before too is for all the people saying cut him, this team is still trying to find ways to get him the ball. They see stuff, they see potential in his play. Um, I don't care if it's an end around or a jet sweep or whatever, and people make fun of that somehow. I don't give a shit. I don't care if he carries the ball 40 times for 286 yards. If that's what what he's doing, sign me up. Oh, yeah, boy. (laughs) So, like, this team is still trying to find the way to give him him, the ball. Cut him eight games in. Yeah. And it's it's just so aggravating. And I understand everyone's frustrated. This is a kind of disappointing season for everyone's expectations and stuff. But don't let that get away from you, the fact that these guys are still young. There's still time for them to to develop, and there's still time to put together a good season for some of these guys. I'm not ready to give up on Christian Watson, and I don't think anyone else should be either. Uh, We're still on a very low sample size. We're still in a very young man's career why not, you know, give them more chances? If we're in year, year three and there's still maybe some production, then sure, we can start talking about how, you know, he was a bust or whatever, but there's not enough sample size for us to sit here and be like, cut him. And then someone else is going to take his place. It just doesn't, it doesn't compute for me. He um, brings something to the table. That you yeah. Uh, yeah. Two or three. Um, I like to say three uh, for uh, most guys. Um, uh, what is it? McKenzie's in his like fifth year before he even broke out, uh, quote unquote, broke out. You know. Yeah, David so and Vernon, your two your two uh, comments kind of go together. David said I've said it a bunch. I can tell those who haven't watched before Favre, and then Bernard says Packer fans want Rogers gone. Not the smart ones. It's I'll tell you that. It, it's we'll frustrating. Have time to see Jordan Love. Yeah whether it be next year or the year after, we'll have plenty of time to see Jordan Love. We don't need to rush Aaron Rodgers out of the door just because of a slow start to a season. Yeah, Like we said, yeah. we're not even halfway done with the season yet. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, that's like, that's just so I'm willing to sorry, see what else so. this season can become, and it's not over till it's over. And let me tell you, we've talked about this, Jake and I have talked about this with baseball. Everything that can happen will eventually happen. Why not now? Who's to say the Packers don't rip off eight wins in a row? I'm not projecting it, but who's to say they don't? It could happen. Shit, they could win eight games games in a row. Why can't the Packers? (laughs) The eight wins. (laughs) I get it. It might not be a a likely thing. It might be a 1% chance. That's one time out of 100 that it'll happen. I bet Why all these not? motherfuckers that are saying this shit bought Powerball tickets. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's that kind of goes back to uh, kind of our chat comments too. Is like, let's say the Packers do rip off eight wins. Would you be proud of some of the things that you said? That's what I'm in yeah, your comments last and stuff. Week. Yep. Yeah, you said. Yeah, you said that last week, yep. and it really got me thinking. Like, I bet half these people would sit there and like brag about this stuff. Like they weren't just sitting there like saying fire everyone, cut everyone and stuff. Like why not have a little bit of optimism? I said that to you guys in our group chat. I'm like, you know, those are the same fans that will be in a couple of weeks and be like, I knew they could do it. I said it all along. Yep. Never doubted them for a second. 
And then, um, they're, then they're going back to September, deleting posts. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that's kind of just like that's just, just don't my, forget, motherfucker. My challenge to to the fans is I, I think we can all be a little bit better fans, and that includes me. I, I've I'm pretty sure I've said something that probably doesn't make sense logically. You know, it'd be like that when you're in your emotions and stuff. But yeah, yeah. well, you know, the we bottom line it. is. We'll find ways they can improve, and we'll keep looking for positive yeah. takeaways, even if things aren't going well. Um, so we're going to switch to the defense. I wanted to talk about the third and 14 conversion um, that the Bills had. It Packers had a really long streak in the beginning of the season of not allowing conversions on third and eight or longer, um, and it was a really long streak. So, like, that's, that's one of those things that's going to regress to the mean eventually. Yeah. That said, um, the streak was broken, and it's – you gotta you gotta get stops on third and long. Um, you know, it's a little unrealistic to be a hundred percent, but you know, you gotta get those stops. So Preston Smith, he lost his footing a little bit and lost the contain on the edge. Josh Allen obviously exploited that, and then Darnell Savage made the whiff tackle, just basically leading with his shoulder. Um he's One of three. three and a half yards away from the first down. Um, I know this is something that Bryant wants to talk about is the is the tackling, but um, and the safeties specifically, but he took a terrible angle, which is the first thing. So when we talk about how to improve tackling angles is a big part of it. And then <coughs> the way he planted himself was that he expected Josh Allen to continue going to the sideline. Josh Allen is not a quarterback that is afraid of contact. He will cut back inside and go forwards looking for contact. He will not shy away from it. Jake talked about it last week. He is 6'4", 230, a truck of a dude who is not afraid of contact. He's not Jalen Hurts. He's not a guy who's going to try to, like, elude you and then slide down. He will continue running into your linebackers. So for Savage to take a bad angle, basically kind of assume that Josh Allen was going to continue going towards the sideline, um, converted that play, and then they got the touchdown to Dawson Knox in the next play. Um, And then the other – play that I want to talk about is actually kind of two plays, but is the two big pass plays before halftime. One of them being the long one to Diggs. Um, pretty much just ran past Rasul Douglas, and Rasul Douglas just tried to play defense with his hands in the air. Um, this one, this one, I I don't want to give down on Darnell Savage, but I wanted to bring this up because it ties into my key to victory last week, which was attacking the ball. And that ball gets deep. Josh Allen hucked it up in the air. It was in the air for a while. And you you see the, the camera pan over, and you see Darnell Savage staring at Stefan Diggs. My key to victory was attack the ball. Darnell Savage was the guy who we were hoping in the preseason would be the ball-hawking safety. And Amos would be kind of the the do you know the cleanup safety. And that, and that Darnell Savage could be the guy who goes and gets those balls that are up in the air. And Savage is staring at Stefan Diggs and not at the ball. That's that's what was key about that play. Was that's where I believe that Darnell Savage had the opportunity to realize his potential. And he dropped the ball in the opportunity. It's it sucks, but that's that's the reality of it. Um, because Darnell Savage is not responding well to his opportunities. Um and it's it sucks to see because I had hoped that this would be one of the best secondaries in the NFL. And it just hasn't been. Um, I think they're getting some of the scheme stuff figured out the last two or three weeks, um, you know, with the comments of the players wanting to do more press coverage and stuff like that. And they've done that. But 
you gotta it's gotta be cohesive and it's gotta be collective. That said, they get the last play right before um, right before halftime. Buffalo had but one more play to run, and then they were gonna be able to get the field. Um, if you're into the end zone, try your Alexander. <laughs> Are you okay, Simon? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Tyler. I'm struggling over here. <laughs> yeah, like, I should have muted. Guy turned off his camera and his one arm. He fell off to someone, bitch. <laughs> We're all laughing at him. Struggling over here. My bad. Um, last play of the drive. Darnell Savage, or not Darnell Savage. Jair Alexander positioned himself perfectly. Um, he got under the route to use the corner, of the end zone, the back line, and the sideline as Simon getting hydraulics. Um, the back line and the sideline as extra defenders <laughs> undercut the route and got his hands on the ball to knock the ball away to hold Buffalo to three points right before halftime. So um, I'm going to go to Bryant, who wanted to talk about the first defensive series and the Isaiah McKenzie touchdown. Yeah, so for the first defensive series, this is like, – I was so excited after that first series. I was like, okay, we, we're showing that's why we can, we can play with these dudes. First, you know – one thing uh, wasn't great about the series, and this is kind of a theme. Our theme for the Green Bay is first down runs. Well, I feel like, and we can talk about this more later, but we need to see TJ Slayton and um, Kenny Clark more on first down. And like, we're letting up too many like five, six yard runs on first down. But after, and then that puts everyone second and short, and you're kind of it's a lot easier for the offense or whatever. But so they got in that position, and then Jaw made that great pass breakup on uh, Gabe Davis where he, he caught the ball and then jaw knocked it out of his hand. And then the very next play. So that was his first pass defense of the series. The second one was um, a deeper throw. If he high points that ball, our times is jump better. He intercepts it hundred percent, but jaw has never been a great like interceptor of the ball, although he has two years on this year now, but it was just like, he came out with that swag. Like he walked the walk and talked the talk, you know what I mean? And it's just, I was really hoping that hyped the defense up more. And then, I think we went on like they scored like six straight series in a row or five straight series in a row, unfortunately. So a uh, great start to the game. Um, I feel like that's where you really want to see our offense come and answer after that and put up some points or something like that and really kind of get us into the game just to support. I mean, you they know, got on fourth and three by a good defense. So like I'm not mad did. at it. And, yeah. And so and I agree there. We we had a better drive going. I was and it's unfortunate we didn't put the points on, but. Uh, at least we didn't go three and out say, say that, but, um, you know, that was good. And that helped us get into the field position battle a little bit. And then for the Isaiah Mc, uh, McKenzie touchdown, this just like, for one, that's the Watson play, right? They ran that. Well, I, I can't say it's Watson play, but that's what Watson scored on earlier in the year. They ran that against us. And um, it was, it's really hard to watch. Like if you watch the play, both our linebackers completely go in the wrong direction. And then Amos, doesn't attack him. He steps back and just kind of waits for him to make his move. And then you see Savage, who we're talking about. This dude is not playing with it, his full effort. He almost jogs into the play, and then he can't help get. He can't get to the sideline. He need one of them two need to be pressuring on that play to force. They need to close faster. Break their tackle happens. or something. Instead, and in, instead they're just standing back watching the play and then he just makes one move up the sideline and he scores a touchdown. I said they're, they're letting you go back come to them instead of class making... in. neither, yeah, <clears throat> neither of them are being sorry my internet probably cut me out there. Um uh, but they both were just flat footed and neither of them were aggressive and going to try to make a play on him. They just let him let him dictate what he wanted to do. And I don't under it's just kind of killing me a little bit with the, we need 
Savage, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like, he's not playing up to his potential. And I remember specifically us saying, hey, if Savage is your worst person in your secondary, we were doing pretty good. And we thought he would, you know, flash that speed and make the plays. It's almost like he's jogging, ha- like, a lot of the time. I'm just wondering, like, what what's it going to take this dude to play with effort? And I just want him to play with more effort. And, and instead of these – we were a really good tackling team under Barry last year, so I don't understand what happened. We, maybe we just stopped practicing it because we did it well last year. But – there was another play um, that I decided to change up, but it was, I believe it was James Cook or Singletary. He literally Zach just Moss. dives at him and like, I know Zach Moss didn't have any carries in the game. So. Um, oh, it was on a carry. Uh, yeah. He like just chicken winged and he dove at him and completely whiffed. So on this year, Savage has seven missed tackles already. And I think he probably has more to be honest, because he's not taking good angles. He's not wrapping up, like wrap the person up. And then um, I know that's what he's credited with. And then Amos has five. I just, we're not getting good safety play right now. And it it really hurts uh, our defense. So I want to answer some of the comments here. Um, Robert said the Niners were three and five last year, went all the way to the NFC championship game. Uh, He said he's not predicting it, but not calling an end to the season just yet. That's a perfect example of a three and five team going all the way to the NFC championship game. All you need is a ticket. That's all you need. Take it to ride. Especially um, you, know, you know how badly I want us to make the playoffs and knock the Vikings out? Oh. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Just um, give me that, please. Isaac said Enigbari needs more snaps. Um, Enigbari was actually the player that I brought up last year or last week. Um, last year. I knew we were getting him last year already. Um, <laughs> last week is a player that deserves. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Was more playing time was Kingsley and Igbari was my pick. Go get a um, power and, and then he said he'd rather have Ford and Savage's spot at this point. I think that's being explored, honestly. The way that Joe Barry's talking about Darnell Savage and how they might like to use him in different positions. Um, I think we're gonna see a little more Rudy Ford at safety this week. Um yeah, Robert, trust me, we'd love it too. Um for the defense, Jake is gonna talk about the Jair Alexander interception and the Stefan Diggs touchdown. Okay, so first I'll go with the bad because I like to go with the bad bad news first, and then I'll do the good news second. And so the, Diggs, the Diggs touchdown. The Bills stacked wide receivers in the bottom of the screen to the left of Josh Allen, and then they stacked the tight end in front of the running back on the right side of Josh Allen in the backfield. So automatically you're creating all these mismatches just from the formation. To the top of the screen, you have Stephon Diggs all alone. So right there, Josh Allen is walking up to the line. He's an elite quarterback, so yes, he's seeing this. He walks up to the line. He knows, yeah, I got man coverage over there. And, yeah, that's Rasul Douglas, who's been 
struggling from time to time this year. So he knows, and I know people are going to put it on Savage. Amos was actually the closest safety if you watch that play. But people were talking about Savage needed to get over the top of that play. Amos was actually the closest. This play, I'm just going to tip my cap. Stephon Diggs runs good routes. His routes okay? nasty. He ran a double move. Three route runner in the NFL. He's top. He three. he went he went out and then he went up and he got Rasul. That's all that was. Um, really, my point with picking my plays this week was to be like sometimes players just make plays. Okay, on the Dubs touchdown, Dubs made a play. Perfect throw by Rogers. The Tanyan, that was the refs being a bunch of assholes. Just gonna call it like it is. The Diggs touchdown, Stephon Diggs made a play. He ran a perfect route. Josh Allen threw a very good pass. There was no safety help over the top. I don't know what the issue was with the safeties. But, again, Amos was the closest one. And he just got beat. It is what it is, man. He's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. He's clearly a, what, top three? Would you say he's yeah. clearly top three? I think it's, I'd say he's clearly top five. Yeah. Yeah. On my list, he's clearly top three. So, I'll say top five. Um, with the Jair interception, I wanted to talk about how after that first drive, especially in the second half, because this interception happened in the second half, I think the defense did a really good job adjusting and keeping Allen in the pocket. I think they contained him very well, uh, made him throw off schedule, which is something that I wanted for the entire game. But, you know, they they did adjust on defense and they forced them to throw two uncharacteristic plays that you don't you haven't seen from Josh Allen in a few years. Um, a great play by Jair Alexander. The other reason I wanted to talk about this is, you know, after all the talking, and you know they're saying a bunch of stuff that we're not allowed to say, you know, to our kids. He goes and gives the football to a kid and makes his day, man. That honestly was like, that's my boy, man. And like he was like fighting off his teammates, like, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'll celebrate you over there. Goes and gives the ball to the kid. And I'm just like, that's my guy. That's why I love that guy, man. He could jaw, he could talk with the best of them. He goes and makes plays, gives the football to a kid. Hmm. The fuck you not like that guy, man? I love that stuff. Seriously, how do you not like that guy? We posted a video of Justin Fields, actually, even yeah. because um this kid walks up to the to a Bears thing. It's like a preseason thing, and walks up to a, a table where guys are signing autographs and he's got his Justin Fields jersey on and he's got his helmet and his pads and everything. And he's like, you're my favorite player. And and Justin Fields like signs a bunch of stuff for him, takes pictures with him and stuff. It's like, you know, we are Packers fans, but respect the hell out of Justin Fields for making children happy because there's not, there's not many things better on the, on the planet than making children happy. Um, so that's baby, baby laughs is up there. Baby laughs. Baby laughs is up, up there. Is up on the list. <laughs> oh, screw you, Simon. Baby laughs make me make me feel so good. <laughs> yes, baby laughs are so, awesome. And that, um, that's like it's like Cam Newton too. Every time he'd rush for a touchdown, he'd go hand the ball to a yeah, kid. That was probably like I, that. That was my favorite part of his his game. Yeah, man, I agree with that. <clears throat> Isaac, oh, I'm awesome. glad I'm not the only one that sees Willy Wonka when Jair wears those sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> also, there's same no with, weather report this week because they play in a fucking dome. <laughs> same with Hopkins. Every touchdown he used to get, he would give to his mom. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that too. Isn't yeah, that like crazy blind joke. or something? His mom is well, blind. Yeah. Yeah. Did she pass that's... away? Now I thought. Or am I wrong? I don't know. Either, don't either know way, like that's 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 like the humanity part of the game that we love seeing. Yeah. 
I love that stuff. Simon, did you want to add anything to the defense? Uh, yeah, I didn't really pick a negative. I mean, there were there was a lot of negatives to take away, but I I was kind of surprised Brian didn't pick Preston Smith. I know you said he only had four tackles, but his average depth of tackle was half a yard. Well, it was more so that he missed three tackles. So no, he didn't. Yeah, he yeah he missed contain on a couple too, which is kind of tough. But oh, he did miss three tackles. Damn. Well, I'm my bad. I'm wrong. Yeah, you take so, it back. Like that. <laughs> you take it back. You yeah. me. Remember when Jake yelled at me last week and was wrong? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm hot. I'm hot. Dingleberry. Dropping D bombs. I was highly I was highly emotional. Uh, yeah, I'm high, so I can be wrong. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had shoulder shoulder surgery. Yeah. <laughs> prescription <laughs> prescription high doesn't count. Um. And the last Not, thing, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say it doesn't say on the bottle that you're supposed to snort the prescription, though. It's so it gets faster in the street now. No, that never mind. I'm not gonna say this. <laughs> I think we we've said you it a whole bunch. He anally inserts it. More complete Boofy. linebacker. Um, Bernard, I don't think anybody thinks it was a mistake to bring Rogers back. Um, uh, does anybody yeah, else so have anything la- you want to uh, say? Yeah, last thing. This team, even though they didn't – they got to Josh Allen twice. Um, I think one, he just ran out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage, so it was credited as a sack. But we have yeah. 20 pressures on him. Oh, 20. Wow. Rashawn Gary had seven. Nice. He was just – I mean, Josh Allen is just incredibly tough. To, he's just so athletic that if it was any other quarterback, I think we would have had like four or five sacks. But Josh Allen is just—he's just so tough to bring down. Um, there he's was just one so athletic. that he he made um, Gary miss on a what would have been yeah. a big sack, and then on that touchdown throw to Diggs, like he's getting like he got lit up. And and yeah, he got still, drilled. Yeah, uh, so. that, yeah. There was a few throws like that, but that—that's also partially what, Last what um, helped create those interceptions too. Is he had guys in his face like all night almost. And so if we can keep up that consistent pressure, quarterbacks are going to make mistakes. And that's something that we need to capitalize on more. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I kind of had for the defense. Also, make a fucking tackle. Holy crap. Yeah, just this, team, this team has 66 missed, missed tackles this year. Yikes. 66. That's fucking horrible. They could have at least had three more to make us like it's... laugh about it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, third missed tackle that happens this yeah. week. We're all gonna be giggling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm probably not. I'll probably be angry. <laughs> but, yeah. Depends if we're winning or not. I guess. Yeah, it's true. I mean, if it happens in the backfield, that'd be cool. So yeah. at least they're going backwards. All right. So I mean, like you said, with tackling, um, just gotta take better angles. Keep your eyes up. Don't try to put your head down and then lower your shoulder and jump at somebody. Keep your eyes up. Wrap around the legs. Wrap up and make the tackle. Stop trying to make arm tackles around the torso is the thing. Um, All things considered, I said this, and I think you guys all agreed, that I think this was the most fun game to watch since the Bears game. Um, You know, they they won against the Buccaneers and they won against the Patriots. Those games were kind of stressful, though. Um, 
you know, the Bears game was fun, obviously, because the Packers won that game pretty handily. But um, the Packers moved the ball on a good defense. They made some good plays on defense. They made some bad plays, too. But, you know, all things considered, it feels like the Packers at least had some rhythm. Um, they also held Josh Allen to arguably his worst game of the season. Um, they held a team that had been averaging 38 and a half points at home in their last six home games to 27. So there's definitely lots of positive takeaways. The run game was going. Uh, Samari Toure got his first career touchdown, so that's good for him. So there's plenty of positive takeaways from this game. Um, so, you know, we're moving forward. Um, and I'm going to let Bryant bring up the Packers and Lions injury report as long as his internet doesn't freeze. Yeah. So this could go very poorly or very good for the Packers are in the middle. So um, obviously David Bakhtiari, that dude is a stud, man. He completely erased Von Miller. I'm just like, why? I just want him to be healthy. Like I wish I could give him my knee. Um, mine aren't very healthy, but maybe that would help. Yeah. My Actually it's my feet, my Achilles and my hips that are bad. My knees are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, God, you're an old man. Well, I, <laughs> I had my first VA appointment today, okay? <laughs> drove 88 miles for a 14-minute appointment and then <laughs> drove 88 miles back. Anyway, well, How long did that take uh, you? Three hours? hours? Yeah, three hours. It, I had to drive through Washington, D.C. into Richmond. So, anyways, back onto the Packers. Um, so, David Bakhtiari, I think – I'm wondering – I know they did just a jog through on Wednesday, so I'm wondering if they just let him have an extra um, – rehab day and then they didn't want him in pads on thursday both him and elton jenkins practice day and both lists are questionable uh lazard is questionable but it sounds like he's gonna play because he's been practicing all week practicing pads um preston smith is questionable i haven't heard anything too concerning about him and then christian watson another one that i mean he was out there stretching on wednesday was in full pads thursday practice again today so i anticipate him being cleared as well uh, Kylan Hill hopefully will be activated. I think or is activated. So hopefully he is activated. Go. Yep. Um, I thought I seen that Chris Barnes was activated as well. Um, I thought they said he. I know they returned him to practice, and then I thought I seen additionally that he was activated. Did you guys? I see know that? they opened his window. I know his yeah. window is open. So if he can get on the field, that, yeah, that'd be huge if he can get on the field for us because we do have Devondre Campbell, Smarty Charles out again. I was just about so. to look it up. Yeah, so for um, the Lions, they have their secondary is beaten up. Um, they have Chase Lucas, the cornerback, is out. Uh, safety, I'm not even going to try to say the name. Afatu Melafonu. Yeah, that one. He's out. Um, AJ Parker, another cornerback, is out. Uh, Josh Reynolds, or wide receiver, who's actually he's been playing okay. Um, he's doubtful. Uh, DeAndre Swift is questionable, but I expect him to play. Um, Another tight end is questionable, but it should play. And then um, Taylor Decker uh, is questionable, but should probably play too. So um, now I think if we could probably get by if either Bach or Elton Jenkins are out, but if it comes Sunday and they're both out, uh, I know that Lions have some of the like, fewest sack numbers in the league, but uh, that wouldn't be great. That would not be ideal, put it that way. Yeah, their pass so rush is in, uh, I think – I can't remember the only exactly what I saw. Oh, yeah. go ahead. The only person with, you know, is Aiden Hutchinson with like four and a half sacks on the air. Everyone else is like one. So I think they have 11 total sacks on the season. Something like that. Uh, 12. Okay. 
Aiden Hutchin, uh, he has five. ESPN lied to me. <laughs> ESPN lies to me too. Sometimes I ask you guys like stat questions, and you're like, no, I found it like this. And I'm like, like, like I said, a lot of the places, it just depends on where you look and how they count stuff too. So, I mean, he could very well have four and a half sacks or whatever. Chris Barnes had his return window opened. He has not been okay, activated yes. and elevated to the active. Okay, that's what I thought I saw. Yeah, His window was open, so he's got three weeks to come back. Yeah. I don't think it, it's unfortunate. I'd love him to see him come back this week because I'd really like to see the dynamic of Walker and more coverage pl- slash rush the passer and um, Chris Barnes being the person. Because we know that Chris Barnes, like, he ain't going to sit back and make a tackle at five years back. He's going to hit the hole and try to make that tackle in the hole. Yeah, um, yeah. So we kind of our defense is missing that he was playing so well the week that he got hurt that they were running all the three linebackers. So I'm excited to get him back and hopefully the fact that Devon Drake Campbell didn't go on IR or anything. I'm guessing it's a week or two thing and then they hopefully he'll be good. So, so getting into into this game, um, I looked at the touchdown drives for the Packers um, against Buffalo. They scored two touchdowns. One was about three and a half minutes and one was eight and a half minutes. Uh, the eight-minute drive was great. It was capped by the touchdown to Romeo Dobbs. Um, the unfortunate thing with that is that it was bookended by two touchdowns by Buffalo. Um, you know, but you know, that drive being bookended by touchdowns kind of makes me want to take away some of the credit that is given to the defense about being on the field too much. They had eight and a half minutes to rest after a touchdown drive and still gave up another touchdown. But that was in the first half. So. You get into the second half, and overall, the Packers did win the time of possession battle, and the defense did play better in the second half. So I'm going to keep an eye on that to see if the offense being on the field for a long time, whether they score quick touchdown drives, short touchdown drives, or three and outs, how that affects the defense. I'm going to keep a closer eye on that. Um, But that three-and-a-half-minute touchdown drive, um, Robert Tunyon, Romeo Dobbs, um, the long touchdown to Toure. That was eight plays, 95 yards in three and a half minutes. Eight plays. And one of them was a one-yard run, and one of them was a drop by Toure, which he made up for by scoring the touchdown. So it's essentially six plays to go 95 yards in three and a half minutes. Big boy drive. That is oh, – I love that. I want to see more of that. Big time. Me too. <laughs> it was a touchdown. Um, so – I love seeing that from the Packers. Um, I know Bryant wants to talk about tight ends. Um, so I'm going to let Bryant talk about the tight ends. Yeah, so I really think we we need to see more involvement. And for those that don't know, Tunyon is leading our team in receptions. He has 35 on the air. Um, he's uh, on pace to uh, – has 286 already. He's on pace to have career highs in reception and yards. Um where I really want to see the change is I love, don't get me wrong. I love Mercedes Lewis and what he can do for this team. I think he needs to become like a red zone tight end. Um, and I think we're getting there to be honest. So Tunyon in this game had a 74% snap share. Lewis had a 33% and DeGora had a 45%. And to highlight the significance of that before that, the five games before that he had three, 13%, 7%, 14%, 15%, 15%. So like he hadn't been on the I field. Like that game. I like that. Yeah, so the fact that he – I think we need to start seeing him, uh, DeGuar and Tunyon on the field together more because he can block. He showed that. Like, 
he was wiping people out. And the fact that, you know, you're talking about on that touchdown play um, where DeGora went out wide, if that's a Lewis, they don't even like, they're definitely no, they're not, he's not getting the ball. Right. Are very likely like when was the last time Lewis split up wide 15 years ago when I was in sixth grade. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> that'd be pretty bad. Cause I was 17 at that time. But anyway, but that's North Dakota school system. Uh, so I feel like we need to see the Guara on the field more because he can block. He can work. He's shown that he can block. He can line up in the backfield, and he's more of a receiving threat than Lewis. I want Lewis on the field, but I want to see Guara more. So Tyler Davis was, like, getting 25-plus percent the first four games. Last week, he was down to 5% snaps. And I think that's a because he's just – he's not – he doesn't add much to me. He could get up the scene maybe, but with Tunyon back, he could be the guy to your, your question who you keep off the active roster for the game. Tyler Davis yeah. could potentially be one. That's a good point. Like, so, um, like that's why I just want to talk about them is maybe we start to say save Lewis, um, for red zone. Right? Shit, maybe we start running some three tight end sets. Like, good luck. Like, can you imagine trying to having you know AJ Dillon in the backfield with Degora Lewis and uh tanyan blocking for him like that that'd be fun so i mean <laughs> throwing lazard in there too so i, I just think deep. we need to see it's not because i i said that he's you know one of my players i want to watch for the year because I, I i knew he wasn't going to go off for crazy but i know he can he can basically take over lewis's position i feel like Degora definitely needs to see the field more and i think we're going to see that happening especially after that blocking display he went on he put on so yeah that's totally fair um jake is going to talk about the running back touches this week all right, the hot topic of running back touches, which has been talked about for eight straight weeks now. Every single week. <laughs> um, and, and the preseason. Uh, so, yeah. first of all, I want to talk about how Dylan got 10 carries, 54 yards. He had a 27-yard long. So, that was nice to see him break a tackle and actually run for over three yards. Um, then Aaron Jones, obviously, he was our number one star this week. He was phenomenal. Uh, even without scoring a touchdown, he felt like the best player on offense for the entirety of the game. Um, the thing I wanted to talk about, let me see, let me – you know, the thing with Aaron Jones is he he's he's the engine. The, these running backs both have to be the engine. And I wanted to talk about how they had 35 touches total. So, I mean, that's, that's the way that this offense has to go, is giving them the ball, running the ball, uh, ball control, and letting these young guys catch up when they can catch up. Um, I'm going to make a prediction about the running backs because I wanted to predict their touches for this week. Um, I'm predicting Aaron Jones to touch the ball 25 times and AJ Dillon to touch it 17 times. I think we're, I think, yes, I think I, we're going to score. Uh, some okay. Points. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think that's that outrageous. I think 17 well, for Dillon is a little high. 17 touches total <clears throat> catching the ball and, and running the ball. I know I'm, I'd say more like maybe third. But what was it? Last week he had what, 12? 11. 11. And then uh, Aaron Jones had what, 23? 24. 24. So that's not that far off. I'm with you on 25. I think 17 is a little high for Dylan. I want to. I, 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 I feel like I need yeah. an AJ Dylan. So this isn't, this isn't a question of <laughs> if it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I feel that. 
<laughs> now watch him have a total of 13 combined touches this game. Oh my god. I'll be like, I'll I'll be like I gotta stay out of the chat. Tyler's gonna be insufferable yeah. today. <laughs> wait, like, tell, wait, tell my next, <laughs> next week. I told you guys, I get tired of saying I told you so every time. Dude, somebody that, comes it's funny because that, that actually better, like, yeah, that actually, actually plays right now. My son, that actually plays right now. My Simon says because I kind of feel like there's a chance they just go want to chuck it around the yard again. So we'll get to that though. Huh. Actually, kind of plays um, into what I was going to talk about. Well, I'm not giving anything away because we still have to do matchups and X factors. So <laughs> save that for that. All right, Jake, you still want to talk about tight ends or uh, fourth downs? I mean, tight ends was Brian. Uh, fourth yeah, downs. I do, uh, I do want to talk about fourth downs. So. We throw the ball on fourth down, people bitch. We run the ball on fourth down, people bitch. What the fuck else can we do? <laughs> you got Convert. two options. You Convert. can either run the ball. You could do that. You could do that. Oh, but wait, um, Pat O'Donnell gets pressured more than any other punter, so we got to bitch about that too. Has so, the lowest hang time now because he's under pressure constantly. So listen to this. We have a fourth down percentage of 18%. That is fucking horrible. And yes, it is last. Last year, 59%. We were ninth in the NFL. So Ew. there was eight more people better than 59%. Wow. That's a, that's a lot more impressive than that. It wasn't the Ravens, I'll get <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Um, so what the happened way on that I would fix fourth downs is running the pony package. I think that's the way to go. Um, you leave yourself two receiving options in the backfield if shit breaks down. You can run the ball with either guy. We can use A.J. Dillon as a lead blocker like we've seen work. I mean, not for a while, but there, there's that option. I would have Tanyan tight to the line in the pony package, and I would have probably, if he's available, and I'm not saying anything bad, I would have Watson out wide for that speed option, that speed threat on fourth downs. That's the package that I would run on fourth down you know, on a fourth and three, because you have speed, you can run the ball, you have Tanyan, the guy who has your most receptions, most, probably most reliable hands. Um, there's just so many more things you can do with the pony package, but I just want people to stop bitching about the fourth down play selection. You run it, you throw it, you, we don't get it. Listen, it's literally man, an example of you're never going to make everybody happy. It and that's, is. That's, that'll tie really well into Bryant wanting to talk about the trade deadline, but that's yeah, perfect example. Yeah. Brian, go ahead, buddy. What what happened on the fourth fourth and three play? I can't remember. We ran the yeah, ball. I know I wasn't that upset about it because I think I. I mean, we, we we didn't even gain anything. Yeah, we got, we got uh, Aaron Jones got hit in the backfield. But it's yeah. like, you know, we we uh, ran that RPO. Yeah, we we ran. I mean, but we we ran we okay. ran we've run RPOs on fourth downs, yeah. and Rodgers has cho- chosen to throw yeah. the ball. I mean, Dubs dropped one. I mean. Shit happens. It's not going to be perfect. Yeah. We're not going to pick up every yeah, fourth be down. Better. It, it does be have better, to be better. I, I agree I, with that, but I'm not upset. I'm is. not upset about us going for it at all in that position. No, no, we knew we had to score. We knew we had to score against that team. It's just, mm-hmm. it hurt. The only thing that hurt was it flipped the field position, and they quickly scored pretty quickly after that. Um, so the trade de- trade deadline. I know you guys were a little more calm, but obviously I was more upset with it. My problem was it was just disheartening to see the Packers not do anything. When the team's in front of you, it was only Philly. When I look back at it, take a deep breath and actually look at it, it was only Philly and Minnesota and the NFC that actually made a move. New slash, they're too far ahead of us. I'm not even. I'm not even thinking about the division anymore. 
I'm on, let's like, let's get a win, try to put some wins together and just make it to playoffs. Cause I literally think anyone in the NFC can win it this year or not mm-hmm. win it, get, you know, get through the NFC. Um, so it was a little disheartening because I started to think of like, does this mean the Packers, like the front office didn't really feel like we were only one player away. And maybe, maybe it was smart that they didn't, they didn't pay it. And then you hear that because the bears suck so much. That's why we didn't get Claypool because they offered the same pick. Granted, we could have offered another pick. And then you, you hear what Houston wanted for Brandon Cooks at two and a four. Uh, no way no, with the money no. that he's owed. There's no chance. Like anyone that wanted no. to do that, no. And the fact that it doesn't sound like they were willing to take a bunch of the money on. Um, and then I hear that. I heard today uh, from a different podcast that I listened to uh, that the Packers were in on an offensive player that no one, like there was no news around him or anything about getting traded, but the, and the deal was done and the other team pulled out at like the last second. It was with Andy Herman and Mike Wall on their show today. They talked about it. It was brought up. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Like, we'll probably never hear about it because, you know, the Packers are doing the gentlemanly thing and not putting that news out there that the team was considering trading someone. So, I don't know. Maybe it could have been DJ Moore, but there's a little smoke around DJ there. DJ Moore we is heard, the one that I would get the vibes on. We heard, yeah, we heard a little bit about Jerry Judy as well. So, but so I'm wondering, well, we've heard about those players. So, maybe there's someone else. I just I couldn't really pinpoint. The only move that I wish we kind of would have done. You guys probably will disagree with me on this. Um, but if we don't think we're going to get done this next, this year, I would have loved us to see a ship a fifth for Calvin Ridley. For one, his, he didn't get a cure accrued year this year because he missed. They the traded year. a second and a fifth. The, the, yeah. the fifth round, the second round pick is conditional. Um, okay. It's a fourth round yeah. pick. It's a third round. If he plays out his contract and it's a second, if they sign him to an extension. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fine like if he plays that well that we signed him to extension Calvin Ridley's a stud like so I would have I kind of like would have liked to see that one happen but it is what it is um but to hear we were in everything it's not our it's not our fault that Chicago is such a dumpster fire that they're like no we're gonna take their pick because we know it's gonna be a high or it should be a higher pick right and like we could have thrown something else in but just think about it if say Chicago's picking top three and we're picking 15. You're talking about whatever pick value that that's what Steelers need to be thinking of, right? It's like massive what's the pick value to get from the, the 15th pick in the second round to the third pick. You're talking probably another fourth. So we would probably would have to do a, throw in a, a fourth or a fifth. So it's fine. And, and, and Chase Claypool is a nice player. If but... Chicago finishes the rest of the season really poorly, the Steelers yeah. are already bad. The Steelers might have two top five picks next year. Yeah. Yeah. In the second round. I mean, so Probably yeah. I, yeah. So I, I'm I'm fine with it. It sucks. I am hope we can w- – f- the first thing we need to do is worry about a team. For me, like the next – for sure, we. I don't know if you agree with me, but Sunday's a must win. We have to win on Sunday. This yeah. team has to get a win and, and switch it. And I think we – and I, we talked about this a little bit in our chat. I think we need to we need to probably go on a little three-game winning streak here before we go into Philly, get to five, mm-hmm. five six, six and five before we head into Philly. And then we can yep. start talking about possibly if Brandon Cooks broke free and we can get him in. Or maybe OBJ is ready OBJ, to play yep. at that time. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. So that the trade deadline. The only other thing that I was thinking about is we heard we heard Barry, Barry came out today or yesterday talking about how they know that Savage would be a great corner or they believe that he would be a great corner Nickelback, but we don't have the safety depth that we feel like good moving him. Why the hell didn't you trade for a safety then or look for one? Just a cheap, just someone, just a serviceable player. Because right now, in my opinion, I'm Dean Marlowe that the Bills picked up right at the deadline. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because 
find a serviceable one because at this point, that's hardly what Savage is. So if you feel like you could make this defense better by moving him into the corner nickelback position, then you make a trade for a, a serviceable safety. And don't tell me that Rudy Ford can't play because he's actually our highest graded safety in the few snaps that he's gotten this year, according to PFF, if you go by their grades. So for them to say, well, we don't like what we're seeing there. No, I don't care. Like it can't get much worse. So you could have went and picked up someone even it wouldn't have been big play or everyone would be like, what the heck? We don't need a safety. But if that you think that's what's going to change our defense and uh, having someone competent back there might help Amos play better. Like that could be a, that could have been a small move. That could have been a small move that really snowballed into a big move. So it's just like, just do something like, you know, that meme where it's like poking with a stick, like, come on, do something mm-hmm. like, but it, you know, if they feel okay, it is what it is. Maybe they don't feel like they're close or maybe they, they try, but it just didn't work out. So, I mean, Gudikins has been pretty active in the buyout market the last couple of years. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's definitely something to keep an eye on, um, especially yeah. if they start winning that they'll definitely look to be adding players and, and, like, yeah. like an OBJ or if cooks gets bought out or, you know, um, and it sounds like they were Aaron Rodgers was involved in it. So for everyone freaking out, Aaron, I think he came out and said, like he said, some of the compensation that it took to get some of those players, it makes sense that they didn't make a move. Mm-hmm. So, like a second and a third for Judy, like, yeah. like I like Judy, but that's that's too high yeah. of a price. And and this is where kind of my comment earlier on, like, hey, if the trade deadlines move two more weeks, and maybe Chase Claypool mm-hmm. gets back, and they're not playing that well, or they're playing fine, or you know. Seattle loses a few games in a row that opens up like a Tyler Boyd slash Tyler Lockett situation, but it's just the deadline is the deadline right now. And there's just nothing that could be done or that. Especially with adding that 17th game. I think that's cause for a reason to move the trade deadline back a week or two. I will say the trade deadline, like the trade trade. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? The philosophy on trades has changed. There's 12 trades this this year. There's a lot of trades this year during the trade deadline. So I think we'll see uh, more and maybe eventually Green Bay will get involved. Maybe they'll still continue the Packers way. It just sucks because the last few Super Bowl champions have made trades slash moves in season. Um, so it's proven that that like is needed. But I don't I don't know that we're really there right now anyway. Like we talked about that like that's one part of it too is the uncertainty. Enough. That's why I feel yeah. like if they if they string some wins together that they could get active in the bio market. Yep. So all right. So I want to talk about wide receivers. Now that we're you know we're continuing kind of on this trend of talking about wide receivers, but I want to talk about wide receiver playing title. And I talked about Amari Rogers in the recap. And when Simon brought up maybe Sammy Watkins being left off for this week. Um, <clears throat> Sammy Watkins is going to get more playing time this week. If this is a big, if I'm not saying it's going to happen and I don't have it predicted this way, but if the Packers were somehow to lose to the lions this week and we're, we're looking at three and six uh, with more tough games coming, I essentially would want to see Sammy Watkins cut and you immediately put all of your youngest wide receivers in the game as much as you possibly can. Obviously, Alan Lazard is still your number one guy. And then you're looking at Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Samari Toure, all rookies, and Amari Rogers, a second-year player. And you put all of them on the field as often as possible to find out what you have in all of them. This is the same philosophy I have with the Brewers next year. Put them all out there together. Find out what you have. Don't do this one at a time shit. We're going to see what this guy's got for two games. Then we're going to see what this guy's got for two games. Then we're going to see what this guy's got for two games. Put them all out there 
find out what you have. Um, Samari was making plays when he's on the field. Amari Rogers is making plays when he's on the field as a wide receiver. Um, I will say, you know, I do think Amari Rogers is a better blocker than Samari Toure. Samari Toure is the more athletic player, but give them experience. If you're looking at a season where you're three and six, and like I said, more tough games coming, put these guys in there and get them some experience. I don't know if you guys agree with me on that. No, I agree. I, Rogers could have had another play. Uh, Amari could have, if that ball doesn't get tipped, that's another 10, 12 yards right there. Um, he's already surpassed what he had. As a, It's not great. He's only got 50 yards on the season, but that's more than he had all of last year. It's uh, what, four catches? I, I, yeah, and yeah, four catches. for. So he's averaging 12 and a half yards catch. Um, obviously, people are um, we're down on him, and don't get me wrong. I do not. I do not think he should be on punt return. Like, if we're gonna play him offensively, fine, put him there, and then let Dub, Dobbs or uh, maybe Toure try that out. I just, hey, I think it's just it's something in his psyche. Look, psyche Hill. and yeah, psyche and mentality are you know your psyche is a big thing in sports and and really anything that you do in life, right? It's clear that Amari doesn't feel 100% comfortable returning putts at this point. So like maybe that's holding him back a little bit because he's thinking about that constantly. Maybe we just need to make a change for his psyche and his mental health and let him just go be a wide receiver and see what he can bring to our game that way. I was I one of my things last week too was stick so, to what guys are doing well. And I don't want to, I don't want to, as Aaron Rodgers says, you know, put it into the stratosphere or whatever that we're going to lose. <clears> and we can talk about this more, but I'm in agreement with you. If we lose next year or if we lose this week and we follow three and six, I'm not saying obviously we're never going to tank because we have an Aaron Rodgers team, but you know what? If we go six and ten or eleven or seven and ten, which would suck, it would, you know what I mean. But guess what? We're gonna have a little bit of a softer schedule. Not really. We're probably still gonna finish in the division second, second in the division at seven and ten. But it, you know, maybe it's just a reset we need, and we make one more big push with Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not cashing the season any my, by any stretch of imagination. Oh, no, I feel like we can go on a three. I feel like we can go on a three-game win streak here before we go into Philly and then see what happens. I get that Tennessee mm. is a tough game. I get that Dallas will be a tough game, but those are in Lambeau, and we need to win our games in Lambeau. So let's see what let's get, get this dub this weekend and go from there. I don't think Philly's unbeatable either. I don't either. Yeah. So you know how bad we are at tackling? They're worse somehow. They have 82 missed tackles this Ooh. year. No, but they're better wow. than the Bills. Just ask everybody on <laughs> on a certain page. I, won't name I, I mean, I I think Philly is an, a great team, and they're they have a very versatile offense, and they're but the best in the NFC. Defense That's is it. very beatable. Um, I agree. The Packers match up well with them too, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll we'll get to Philly when we get there. But I just, yeah. I was just throwing that out there. Like, I just really hope we can roll into Philly at six and five. Like, I would feel. So if like, they roll into Philly all at six and five and leave Philly with a W, it's fucking on. Look out. It's yeah. fucking on, dude. Because yeah. then Aaron Rodgers is hot. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to get right. there first. So, but I, oh, you know, I feel like we can. Jake, give me the matchup you're watching for the Packers offense against Detroit's defense. All right, matchup I'm watching is Aaron Jones versus the Lions' 30th ranked rush defense. Um, I think that's the key to the game. They are also 32nd in points, by the way. So um, there was a stat thrown out there by a, a Lions fan talking about how Aaron Jones has seven touchdowns in seven career games against the Lions. And they only oh, came no. in two games. He had one game where he had three touchdowns and one game where he had four touchdowns. 
Okay. All I'll right. take one of those games yeah. this week, buddy. Give me three yep. touchdowns for Aaron Jones. Oh, no. Wait till we get to my assignment says, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had Simon, what's down. the matchup you're watching? Uh, so I have actually uh, Aaron Rodgers versus the Lions defense. The Lions defense has given up 8.4 yards per attempt passing. 8.4 and they're allowing 108.5 passer rating, which is last. That's not per reception. That's per attempt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're 28th in pass rushing grade and 32nd in coverage grade per pro football focus. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a fucking field day. Uh, He's going to have enough time to throw. Uh, These young wide receivers are going to have time to get open. And even if they don't, I think we're going to start seeing that improvisation from some of the pass catchers. Um, if that's the case, then maybe a, a big Tanyan game. Yeah, you know, I actually, that that's going to be one of my Simon sets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, what's the matchup you're watching before we get into so to go to... to go in with Simon, I'm actually watching our wide receiver versus our secondary. Look, they have the highest pass rating, giving up 108 in the league. They're giving up 266 yards per game. They've given up 12 touchdowns with only two interceptions. Like, Simon said the the highest yards for average. They have the second fewest sacks in the league. Um, they're allowing to go with that. They're allowing the third most rushing yards per game and the second most touchdowns. They've given up 13 rushing touchdowns in seven seven games, and then they're allowing 32.1 yard uh, points per game, which is 11 more than Green Bay and five more than the second worst in the league. And then they're allowing a league worst 421 yards. If our offense can't get it done against this team, like I'm I'm sorry, well, but. <laughs> And we're in a dome, so there's no yeah. weather aspect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is this is the week, Aaron. Put this yeah. shit together. Yeah. You're right. No team is unbeatable. Uh, Aaron, welcome in. We got a little bit left on the preview, and then uh, and we're done. But I like Bills. I like Bills projection. Jones is going to have at least three touchdowns, along with one each for Tanya and Dubs. Oh, I'm totally let's go. down for that. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> um, oh yeah, agreed. Bryant wants to talk about the secondary. Um, and Simon's going to talk about the pass rush pressure. So I'm going to let Brian go first on secondary. Yeah, so secondary, it's like a love-hate relationship. I swear I love Ja. And he is playing outstanding since that change. In those three three games since the change, he has that interception and seven pass defenses. Since they changed that where they only had seven pass defenses through like the first five games of the season, I think they've had six pass defenses. Yeah, they've had like six pass defenses plus every game since then. So – um, but the problem is really when you look around the secondary, the only one I feel like that's playing actually well is Ja. Eric Stokes is taking a step back. I don't know why. I don't know if it's scheme. Um, it's in Rasul Doug- he's, he's not yeah. good in. Uh, Rasul Douglas, you know, Stokes got pulled off the field for Rasul Douglas. Rasul Douglas gets burned for a touchdown like the very next play. He had the interception. So he, there, those two are showing flashes, but I really do think it's, it's, Look, it's. I don't want to keep harping on Savage. I kind of feel like he's my new Royce Newman, but he has just been playing so bad, and Amos hasn't been hasn't been playing pretty rough too. So Savage has per PFS has the lowest coverage grade in the NFL and the fifth worst tackling grade. So he just sucks at everything right now. Like he needs to. He, what's he good at? Like when if tell me the last. Why do I feel like we're talking about Royce Newman again? Like, this is exactly the no, same you, thing you said. You know what I feel like? You know what You're I feel like? like what is yeah. he good at? Yeah, exactly. And then look what happened. They got rid of his ass and we played better. 
Um, <laughs> tell me the last splash play that Darnell Savage made. Come on, tell know, me. <laughs> it's been idea. like two years, okay? He's not he's not good enough for coverage. We need him to be making those splash plays and turning over the ball, like you said, uh, Tyler. Like he's just kind of looking at the wide receiver. Like get in there and make a play, dude. I will get over the fact that you suck at some stuff if you like turn over the ball and you you make up for it. Like a I would rather play. I would rather have you make a pass interference penalty by going yeah. after the ball than to watch a receiver catch the ball. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I just so I, thinking I, about it, I think he had a he had a tackle versus for a loss against like New England. Great. Or he hit like Devontae yeah. Parker in the backfield or something. Oh, no, right. you're right. Oh, you're right. That was the last one I could think of. He just puts his head down like chicken wings it. Like <laughs> and then and then you still see the stuff James Cook's big play of 41 yard reception. Guess oh. who's in coverage? Not Savage. Preston Smith is in coverage. And, <laughs> Like Preston Smith or James Cook is not going to work. So no. this, the, the the cornerbacks are playing well, and they really did have a good time. Are good, like overall, the secondary had a good game against Josh Allen. He had a rough game, but it's like those don't paint the whole picture. Like it's just the tackling has been so bad. And I and if they're going to sit here and say that hey, he could be a great corner, uh, nickel cornerback, then play him there and put Rudy Ford who's showing flashes. Rudy Ford. Has played, you know what? He might miss a tackle, but he's playing 100 miles an hour every time he's on the field. Or even Kayshawn Nixon has played damn well. I know he's not a safety, right? Or he's a cornerback, right? But whatever we need to do, like this idea that he just needs to – nope. I got the sense of basically what Barry was saying. Yeah, we know it's broken, but we're not going to do anything about it. So we'll see if they change it this weekend. Bill asked because, if it's Barry or the players. Uh, honestly, I think it's both. Uh, well, it's you – You've heard all the stuff coming out about Barry and, and some of the players getting upset with the scheme this week and stuff. But hey, look, I know we're like uh, we're kind of sighing at that, but that came from Rob Demosky. No, I know. I just that. I hate stuff like that because yeah. I mean I I do trust Demosky to report all the right stuff, but who knows how fucking true that is? In, I, know, I just as far as like impact it has like that could be a one-off comment from a player yeah or it could be the whole fucking team talking about it you know it was he got it from one source and it was confirmed from another but so look this this lion's defense our offense as bad as their defense is their offense is almost just as good uh they put up a lot of you know yards or explosives so uh, now that granted they did just trade tj hawkinson who is a leading receiver when you talk about yards um, so we'll see if they're a little down and then they had some, like, I think a coach got fired or something this week. They've been in fire. Uh, they're defensive the backs. Yeah. Yeah. And they were so, with the safety coach. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, but we just need our secondary needs to tackle. Simon, what are you thinking about the pass rush pressure? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't really have like a really cool stat or anything. <laughs> I, <laughs> not this time. Like a, a cool stat, like seven missed tackles. Like yeah, something like you know, that. You know what that? So I don't have a cool stat as far as like our pressure or anything. Um, but over the last few games, they've been in the quarterback's face like consistently, and I know a lot of um. Like I think Jake and I were kind of having this safety versus outside linebacker depth thing, but I like Anik Bari. I think he's shown a little bit over the last few weeks to where 
that concern level that I had for the outside linebackers past Preston and Gary is starting to like get a little bit lower. Um, but they've been consistently getting to the quarterback's face. And I feel like this is going to be a really good game. Um, Taylor Decker is not having a great season. Um, I think he's allowed 22 pressures on the year, which is pretty gross. Um, Goff has 13 turnover-worthy plays, and that's the second most among quarterbacks this season. So I feel like number one. I don't know off the top of my head. I just I saw that somewhere. Um, it's got to be either Justin Fields, Matt Ryan, or Trevor Lawrence. It's got to be one of those three. Yeah, honestly, it could be Josh Allen. He's thrown a quite yeah, a few interceptions. He's he's he uh, he's had a little bit of issue with turning uh, turning the ball over this season. Um, so I feel like there's opportunities for this pass rush to create so much disruption, even if we don't get to Jared Goff, to make him make decisions faster in his brain than what can comprehend what's going on in the field. And that allows our secondary to grab interceptions or he holds the ball too long and he just gets a fumble. So I'm pretty excited to watch the pass rushers this game. Yeah. They've been up what, like 15 sacks through seven games. So like just over two a game. So the, the thing with Jared Goff that differentiates him from Kirk Cousins is that Kirk Cousins, when he feels pressure, he gets rid of the ball. That is something I will give Kirk Cousins credit for, is he does not take a lot of sacks. Yep. He gets rid of the ball. That's why he's he's um, he's in the category of Rodgers where he has the high touchdown, low turnover numbers. He just hasn't gotten to the lofty you know, 40-plus touchdowns, less than five interceptions. He's more around that like 33-7 to seven area. Um, mm. Jared Goff is not that guy. So – uh, I do think there's opportunity, like you said, opportunity for the Packers. Um, Jake or Bryant, did you guys want to say anything about the Packers' defense um, against Detroit's offense? No, I, I just know that the last couple of weeks, uh, I think it was the last three weeks I saw this stat, um, the Lions have had the lowest points per game uh, with 11. So they've scored 11 points per game. They got the shut out by the Patriots, so that'll help. So that'll yeah. help. Yeah, I'll just say uh, we really need to slow down the running game on first down, like first and early downs. So I just mm-hmm. hope we see some. Like, I, re- I really want to see like Wyatt, Clark, and Slayton out there at the same time, just have a beefy front line. And just, I love Jaron Reed. He's having a good season, but he's more see, of a pass. Yeah. Yeah. Talk so. about the beef a couple weeks ago when you beef up front, boy. Yeah. I kind of want to see us sit Lowry. Sit Lowry. Like I want to, I want to see, I want to see more Wyatt on the field. Well, if, yeah. Oh, if we I don't do. sit, if we don't sit Lowry, whatever offensive lineman he's across from, we'll sit him on his ass. So. <laughs> so, Brian, what's the matchup you're watching for the Packers' defense against Detroit's offense? Yeah, I'm like I just said, I'm watching our defensive line specifically on early downs, trying to slow down the wrong game. If we can get him in second and long and and pressure Goff, I feel like they're going to have a really rough time. If we let them average. Five yards, six yards per carry on first down. We're in, like we're gonna let them stay in the game the entire time. So, Jake, what's the matchup you're watching? All right, so they traded T.J. Hawkinson, right? So the next best option in my mind on that offense as a receiver um, is Amon Ross St. Brown. So the matchup I'm watching is Rasul Douglas versus Amon Ross St. Brown. Whoever wins that matchup is gonna tell a lot about this game. And I'm putting Jair Alexander on a Moss St. Brown if I'm he's if he's I'm in the back. slot a lot though. That's I, mean, I get it. He's a small receiver too. So yeah. 
All right, Simon, what's the matchup you're watching? Yeah, I got I got the pass rushers. I'm looking for them to take advantage of opportunities. Can you tell uh, that those two are best friends and, and we're best friends? <laughs> <laughs> you guys have the same answer. He has pretty much the same answer. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Simon and Bryant they do their notes a lot like how when when people take drinks and they like interlock their arms and then they like, drink together, like that's how Simon and Bryant take their notes. I, I whisper my notes in his ear while we spoon while we fall asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my Simon says this week is Devontae Wyatt's gonna have eight sacks. <laughs> what did you say about sacks? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to skip the weather report this week because Jake's weather report this week would just be that they're in a dome and that's it. So yep. let's get into keys of victory. My key to victory is to move the ball. Um, Packers had nine guys with receptions last week. So move the ball, spread the ball around, obviously gain yards, but spread the ball around. The Packers have playmakers, and it sounds like pretty much everybody on the offense is good to go, up to and including Kylan Hill. So you got guys. Use them all. Get get the ball to everybody. Detroit's defense, like Bryant said, they're giving up all of the yards. They're giving up all of them. All of the yards. And all of the points. So move the ball, spread the ball around. Um, Simon, what's your key to victory? Um, I have to be honest, I didn't make one. Our key to victory. <laughs> He's so high right now. Yeah, <laughs> Fucked up, man. Jake, what is your key to victory? <laughs> um, don't get shoulder shoulder surgery. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, yeah. my my key to victory is Aaron Jones. Let him touch the ball. Let Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon uh, dictate this this game. That's what I got. Brian, what's your key to victory? So if you if you recall the last few games against Detroit, we've been coming from behind. Um, no jokes there. God damn it. <laughs> All three of your faces just changed. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never get sponsored. Less than two minutes ago, you're talking about spooning with Simon, and now you're talking about coming from behind. Okay. God, we're so getting canceled for today's show. So the, my, my key to victory is starting fast, okay? Not finishing fast, Simon. Starting fast. Oh, my so. fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm surprised so, there's five people still watching us live. Oh, yeah, there's there's no way any of them are listening to us anymore. <laughs> anyway, no so we can't. The reason I say this is because if they get out to a 14 point lead, I don't know that I trust our offense enough to play catch up. Um, so if we let them, you know, st- get out to a couple, you know, two score lead, we're, we might be in a little bit of trouble. So my key oh. is just to go punch a punch with them and kind of wear them down a little bit. Um, start fast, you know. I don't stay, think I trust our game. defense enough to stop the run if they get ahead. They're yeah. averaging 5.2 yards per rush. Yeah. And DeAndre Swift exactly. is – I don't know how much they're going to use DeAndre Swift this week. Uh, they used him kind of minimally last week. But Jamal Williams also has eight touchdowns on the year. He's having a pretty killer year. Too. He's had a couple multi-offense. Josh Reynolds isn't going to play. Yeah. He's been sneakily one of their better receivers, especially in the absence mm-hmm. of Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, so Khalif Josh Reynolds had a couple play. big that plays. That is actually too. a blow to their offense. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Brian, how many Simon says you have this week? Three awesome ones. 
Jake, how many do you have? One. All right. I have two. So, Bryant, give me one. Okay, so this is my first one. I like this one. The Packers haven't played a game where either team has scored over 30 points this year. Both teams score over 30 points this game. There's not been one really? game where we we scored 30 or the our defense gave up 30. No. Damn, that is true, huh? That's a good one. Both teams score over 30. I could see it, yeah. I'm gonna give that thumbs up. Shootout, old-fashioned shootout. <laughs> I mean, that's not what I have, but yeah. I can see it. Yeah, it. that's why it's a bold prediction, right? Bold prediction. Um, my first one kind of ties into that, I guess, and this would be more about scoring prevention. But mine is my first one is three passes defensed for Jair Alexander. Yes, he does that weekly. Now that we change it up. Mm. Oh, he was on defense last week. Why is it Diggs following Diggs? Or whatever. <laughs> this again, you're not going to keep everybody happy all the time. Uh, Brian, give me another one. Okay, so Roger, I know we're talking about run, 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 run the ball, right? And every time we do this, we're like, nah, no. Nah. What's that meme? It's like, no, I don't think I will. Or Matthew McConaughey, or no, um, <laughs> Super no, or, uh, Captain America. Oh, that's uh, Steve <laughs> Rogers. Rogers. Captain, um, yeah, Captain yeah. America. No, I don't think I will. So I put Rogers beats a season high of two fifty five passing yards by a hundred and doubles this touchdown by a hundred. Our doubles by a hundred. Yeah, let's go. So, <laughs> so, yeah, he's throwing one hundred and two touchdowns this game. So basically, I'm saying that Rogers goes for, for three fifty five and four touchdowns. Yeah, uh, you can see that he wants to. Uh, I do want to because I love <laughs> Rogers in this game. I, if you say yes to this, I'll never trust you again. Hi, three fifty-five and I, four I, touchdowns, no, bro. Or no, I should have no. changed the, the caption to Sahiman says. <laughs> no, yeah, I can't, I can't do it. That was really good, bro. <laughs> so. <laughs> Mine's more of a question, but I'm interested in what you're going to say. Okay. Better game, Swift or Jones? I'm going to say Jones, but only because I'm unsure. Like I said, I'm unsure of how much they're going to utilize Swift because they're they're still kind of – I feel like they're still slowly bringing him back into the offense. Yeah. And I I, I feel like their split between Swift and Williams is a lot closer – in regular offense than ours is to Dylan and Jones. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just think that there's more opportunities for Swift to catch the ball with Hawkinson gone and with Josh Reynolds out this week probably. Mm, that's true. I'm, I'm still going to go with Jones. Just, yeah, I'm going to go Jones. My last one is very Aaron Jones. <laughs> very Aaron Jones heavy. Um 200 scrimmage yards and three touchdowns. Whoa. You better not say yes to this one either. I don't know if I see that one either. No, that's a, there's no way. 200 yards. God, that'd be crazy. But he's done what, do you, what do you have against the uh, Bears? He had a. It was like 170 something. Total. Yeah. He had 177, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to say no. 200 is a lot. You said three TDs? Three touchdowns? Yeah, if you, if you said 150, I'd probably just say yes. But, yeah, 200 is a lot. Is a he's, lot. he's on pace for about 63 receptions. So I need him to, to have some uh, a couple seven or eight reception games so he yeah. can hit my, my 80 receptions. What did you say, 75? I said 80. I said I could see him having 80. 80. And I put and I one of my bold predictions was 80. So oh, okay. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Okay. All right, Brian, give me your last one. Okay, this predicates on Christian Watson playing, but I said that the rookie wide receivers, so Dobbs, Turi, and Christian Watson go for combined for 200 yards and two touchdowns. That's what I say. Yeah, you think? I I yep. see that one. It's way better than his Aaron Rodgers one. Dude, if they combine, phenomenal, bro. Your first one was phenomenal. If they combine for two hundred yards and two touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers is going for over three hundred for sure. Yeah. Eh, I hope they're all right, and then you can. Pilot. I hope they are all right, and, I, and you can tell call me a. a I I think no. I think no. <laughs> you think no? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think we're still. Even though I think they like to utilize Watson and try and get him the ball, I don't think he's consistently getting in enough yet, and I still don't think Toure is going to get as much playing time as we want to want see him. To. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on Toure, but I think if there's a week you're going to try to turn Watson loose down the field, I think doing it against the worst secondary in the league is, is the time to do it. I'm for it, you know, uh, but it's tough because we haven't quite seen it yet. And that's the hard part. I mean, we saw it on the first play of the season. It just didn't. Right. But then there's no buildup to, uh, to that either. True. I mean, he didn't play in training camp and then made that play on the first play of the year. So, I mean, there's no buildup there either. Yeah, that's true. I'm I'm just playing. It's probably going to be there for it to happen. I just don't know if I see it happening. All right, so let's do some score predictions. Simon, or you have a do you have a Simon says? Sahiman says. Did you make some 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 bold predictions while you were high? Yeah, um, I had oh, Bobby gosh. going. I had Bobby going for eighty and two touchdowns. That's not bad. Ooh, I like that. that. That's not yeah, bad. I like that. Because I like he he's getting the opportunity in the red zone too this year. Rogers is looking for him. He's having a pretty solid year as far as catches goes. Yeah, I remember people whining about him after week three. It's like he's back early from an ACL yeah. injury. Let him fucking he was, get healthy. Like I said a couple weeks ago, I think he's turning it up in this offense. I guess. I, like, I, I brought it up too. I'm like, he's yeah. he's already at like it was a couple weeks ago that I brought this up. Yeah, but 12. through week five, he's already where he was through week mm-hmm. eight last year. Yeah. So now I'm glad that he's continuing to progress. And then he had his obviously his 10 catch game. So um is that, so is that so yeah, I'm good with I'm good with with that one. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Ooh, Bill said 35-17 Packers. Um, I like it. But let's do score predictions from the head first. Simon, give me your score prediction from the head. I got 30-27 Packers. 30-27? All right. Jake, give me your score prediction from the head. 31-24, the same exact score that was in Detroit on the run-the-table year. Okay. Huh? I like it. I'm about yeah, the Hail Mary. I like that. 
I didn't look at that one. I don't want. I don't want you know a heart attack. No, I think the Hail Mary was the on the run the table year. No. Um, no, it was different year. No, because that was a Thursday night football game. Yep. You're right. The Hail Hail Mary was in 2015. The run yeah, table was in 2016. That was yeah. like a that ended up being like a 28-22 game or something like that. It was something weird. Yeah. yeah. Brian, what's your score prediction from the head? Uh, 24-21. Oh. Close. I have 28-21 from the head. Okay. Uh, from the heart, 33-17 Packers. Um, Brian, what's your score prediction from the heart? 31-17 Packers. Pretty close. Pretty close to, to Bill, too. He said 35-17. Jake, what's your score prediction from the heart? I guess we're all picking 17 because I have 38-17. Nice. 38. Oh, God. Oh, I this up, Simon. No, I had 35 16. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. Did you really? I, yeah, I swear to God, I didn't change it. <laughs> and that's what I had it written down. I swear. You're such a dickhead, man. <laughs> <laughs> we all pick 17. Even a, even a person commenting picks 17. You're like, nope, 16. Yeah, like, 16. Like, no higher. You're, take, you're taking my spot on the show, bud. That's oh, over. Man. You can go ahead, Tyler, do the honors. It'd be hilarious if the score is 16 points. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope they scored 16 and three quarters. So, uh, <laughs> my heart, what was it? Uh, last week, uh, my heart or whatever prediction, I was close. I said 28 uh, 17. I had to look at what mine was. You did say twenty-eight seventeen. I don't know what I said. What did I say? Bryant from the head, you said thirty-one fourteen bills, and then from the heart, you said twenty-four twenty. Um, I, I also said, said thirty-one twenty-three from the head and twenty-four twenty-three from the heart. Yep, on the block extra point. Yep, and then I also said twenty-four twenty from the heart. I said 34-24 from the head. I think that's kind of why I was excited, too, is, like, I knew – I pretty much knew we were probably going to lose that game, but I wanted to see stuff. And I feel like we saw a lot of things that we talked about, too, yeah. and improvements that uh, we talked about as well. Uh, I yeah. think that's kind of the exciting part about that, uh, why I found the Bills to be an exciting game to watch. So I felt really – I felt good coming out of that game, but what was also concerning to me is, like, we did everything we said we needed to do to win that game, and we still lost by 10. We tr- controlled Chimes' possession. We won the turnover battle. <laughs> like We ran the ball. I was just like, oof. We're still I'll say this, run. though. The turnover we had gave them a really short field. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we got a touchdown negated. So if you take those two yeah. things – take those That's two plays away, exactly. we have a – chance to win exactly like <laughs> i, I talked about earlier like that the one batted one and then that touchdown taken away if if they don't take that touchdown away from tunyon and that's you add four points we you don't, don't take that field 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 we're going for the win there we're going down yep. the, you know what i mean so um yep. it's really unfortunate and i don't want to blame the rest but that's just two weeks in a row that two touchdowns have been and taken off the uh yep. board for us and if it if that one against washington stands I'm sorry, but we win that game because we like oh, yeah. are rolling again. So yep. um, it's just, you know, unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Anything else you guys want to throw out there? Um, Drew Holiday should no longer be underrated in the NBA. 
Yeah, we should we should just know that he's good. We should just know he's good at this point. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Um, let's cheer for the Packers. Let's go pack go. If they don't win on Sunday, people get hurt. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and and I hope Watson goes off for everyone that was saying that crap this last week. Alrighty. Well, I'm sure we'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Let's let's get a win for the Packers. Let's get the, the losing streak over. Yes, sir. Please. All right. See you Go guys on up. Sunday. Thanks everybody for Me? sticking with us for two hours. Yeah. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.